Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoop Swirl on the new Talk Story Radio Welcome to another edition of Swoops World Late Night, Wednesday, March 18th, 2015. How's it going, Peter? It's going all right. Man, how's your week been, brother? It's been okay. A little mixed bag. I got to, my kid was home. My son was home sick. Oh, not good. On not good. Monday and Tuesday. Oh, so wow. A downer. Um, he had a head cold that became feverish. Um, so, you know. But on the plus side, I got, I got solar installed. Oh, is it in now, huh? Uh, yeah. Oh, I yep. to take a look. So uh, that happened on Monday. You know, the amazing cool. thing about the whole solar thing is that before I actually start, it's already generating power. Right. Okay. So when the, when when this whole we started this whole process, we're like the woman who who's our like sales rep type person. She's like, it'll probably take one to two months. So I just figured, you know, that's that's a lot of installation, right? Right. You gotta, they did the entire install in five hours, six hours. No kidding. It's installed. I can go and press the button. I can see exactly how much power those panels are generating. <laughs> the next seven weeks or so is all about the city coming out and inspecting. Oh, okay. And then Edison coming out and okaying. Can you use it now, though? It, it's, it's working, but it's not connected to the grid oh, okay. because only Edison can do, can do that. <laughs> and, of course, Edison's losing money by me generating my own ink. My, my, not me, but this company generating. Right. So as a result, they're in, they're in no hurry. And as we all know, uh, working with the city, no, not banging on the city, but they got other things. They got a lot of stuff on their plate. And a lot of times they don't always make those inspections happen as fast as they possibly could. No. No, they'll um, get around to it. As you well know. Yeah. They'll get to it. <laughs> they'll get to it when they get to it. And at some point, after they've gotten to it, Edison will get to it. Right. So when this whole process started, I'm like, oh, two months. Yeah, yeah I figured there should be a lot of construction that's going to take place, right? No, construction's construction the easy part. <laughs> it's the easy part, literally. <laughs> These guys showed up at 11 o'clock on Monday, and they were done. 
at 445 nice. on Monday. Nice. So it's, it's there. How many, it's how many guys working. did it take to do it? Uh, it was, there was like six guys all together. Because they were working in multiple places at the well, same time? Well, there were two basic groups. Two guys were the electricians. Uh-huh. And so the electrician guys, they deal with the box, which is you have to add a box you know, like uh, uh, an electrical box, right. essentially, that converts the solar power into a useful source of, of energy, of electricity. And then there were the guys actually building the panels and installing them upon the roof. That, that was like four or five of them. So all together, six or seven people. But like I said, they were done. Like, I, unless something breaks down, I'll never see those guys again. <laughs> now i got to deal with Edison and, and the city. Now... Does the company that you uh, did it with, they set up all those appointments, or do you have to, did you have to make those? Oh no, they do them all. Nice. I, I mean, obviously, yeah, I got to be here, here to kind of right. unlock the doors right. and and all that, but they do everything. They're gonna and I, and I give them my parameters. You know, like I'm available these days, these hours. So, you know, and I'm pretty flexible. So, you know, some mornings and whatever. So, um, there's always a chance that it conflicts, but but the point is, is they handle all that and they 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 pulled all the permits on the on the actual stuff. So. Yeah. And that went surprisingly quick too. Very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so there yeah. you have it. So that's really. I mean, when all is said and done, two, two things we talked about this week, or like a, a week and a half ago, have all like happened like, yeah. in the last few yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Best case scenario, eighty-two percent. Oh, not best. What they expect is that these panels will produce, provide eighty-two percent of all of my electrical needs for this house. So. That's and from a dollar point of view, we're probably looking at about two thousand dollars saved per year. Cool. Yeah, very, yeah, and with no cash cool. down. So that's the best. <laughs> that's the best part. It's a good deal. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, so that's kind of exciting. And that is exactly yeah, extremely exciting. That's that's cool. I mean, like when you were talking about it, I just figured it'd be a while. Yeah. That, you know that. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I knew the ball was rolling, but you know, I just figured it'd be a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool. It's been a good, interesting week in that yeah, way. Nice, you know, nice. Sick nice. kid, but you know, this is all good. How about now? you? He's doing all right. Yeah, he just is. He just got run down. Sort of yeah. yeah. How about you? Anything interesting? Exciting? Yeah. You know, one of the interesting things is, uh, you know, our good friend Terry Henry, who puts on the yeah. ABC. Uh, she invited us to the uh, to the the kickoff party, and I and I actually went uh, Sunday. Uh, it was at the Hyatt at the Pike, uh, which used to be the Avia. Oh be, yeah, 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 that's a good looking hotel. I've never been in it, but uh, yeah, I've been you know I've been there for, uh, for lunch or breakfast or something a couple times, but I had never been deep into where you know where that this was being held. And right, really nice <coughs> turnout. I got to meet uh, Chef Rom. Uh, remember the book Meat and Potatoes? Yes, uh, yeah, sure, yo. Got a chance to meet him, and uh, he'll be a guest on our show uh, in, a, in the near fu- near future. Uh, but uh, you know, nice. There's you know plenty of plenty of little. It's a good looking book. It's a good-looking book, and uh, he asked me if I had uh, made anything out of it yet. So, uh, <laughs> uh, very cool. He said, if you make anything, uh, you know, let him know. And uh, if you got any questions or, uh, you know, he just wants to know. He just wants, yeah. he wants a little feedback. And, there and you I go. told him that you were, uh, you know, an accomplished chef yourself, and you'd probably get around to it before I would. Yeah. And, uh, but I said, uh, definitely a, uh, well, Instagram a picture of what we make and uh, yeah. let him know and uh, all that kind of cool stuff. And he was really uh, looking forward to that, so. Um, that was cool. Uh, you know, the Stella, Stella, uh, I can never, how do you 
Artois, you know, the beer. Artois. Artois. They were there. Oh, and, man. Uh, you know, free beers and a keepsake glass. and uh, That's magic word. <laughs> Two magic words, free, free and, and beer. beer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a lot of different restaurants had little samples of a lot of little things and, you know, tons of people there. And it was, it was cool. Very cool. Nice, nice event. It was, uh, you know, it was on the warmer side that day and it was kind of an outdoor thing, but uh, it had started to cool off by the time it started because it started around, around 3 o'clock or so. All right. And, uh, uh, I had a good time. That was fun. That was fun. So cool. Did that, and uh, that's pretty much it this week. You know, did a couple of rides. Nothing, uh, nothing extensive, but time in the saddle, as we say, time right? In the saddle. <laughs> I squeezed in an hour. The wind was howling today, heading downriver. I mean, it was just hard. See, to, and then yes, coming back yesterday, I had it coming come your way. Oh yeah. Well, today was heading downriver was just hell, and then coming back, there were sections where I didn't even feel like it was pedaling and i was averaging almost 26 miles an hour <laughs> there was a one whole section for like it's almost it's almost a quarter mile where i averaged 26 miles an hour nice I was flying and you love that and again it's that sort of thing where you're hardly even pedaling it feels like so you, averaging 26 miles an hour relatively flat land and you have the wind behind me so yeah, you know. exactly. that's nice. pretty cool that's nice cool. yeah I, I i had just the opposite i, I think it was yesterday yeah yesterday um i rode not quite to your where you get off, right? Because um, I had run around whatever, so I rode but most of the way up towards probably a one stop prior, and it was just fighting the wind all the way this uh. way. I turned around and was just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I just you know I just <laughs> enjoyed what I had because I and I did two loops around the uh, lighthouse and all yeah. that stuff. So it was a good time, good times. So we got a, a interesting show tonight, man. Uh, you know, it's going to be the three of us. Uh, we got plenty of things to talk about. Anthony Davis will be uh, chatting with us a little bit later, and of course, uh, you know, Brewski's beer tasting, yeah, and T Bone's timeout. So we're looking forward to all of that. We're going to take our first break, and then uh, we'll come back. We got a couple of things, news items we want to ch- talk about, and uh, we'll do that. You're listening to Swoops Roll on the Talk Story Radio Network. This here is Delaney Simpson. We uh, we 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 talked to Delaney a couple years ago. At the time, she was about 15, 16 years old. Uh, yeah, we talked right. to her on the primetime show. She's calling from the Northern Cal, or yeah, Northern Cal, the Bay Area somewhere. Uh, but a very talented young girl. This is called Pathetic Girl. Back up to this. You've got me thinking, what's the reason for dealing with? The pain I'm in What's the reason Look before you leave They say I wouldn't listen Stranger in the mirror Don't want to see her again I'm just a pathetic girl Running from the world Look up at the sky You'll see no light I'm just a pathetic girl Leave behind this world Look into my eyes You'll see no light Wondering how to make it happen 
talk to you about something and oh wait hold on i just got a text oh wait mom i just got a message so many comments on my comment hey guys check out my wait. new video game mom what huh pew, pew. You say? this huh? weekend unplug getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family to find the forest nearest you go to discovertheforest.org brought to you by the u.s forest service and the ad council Yo, what's up? This is the Black Eyed Peas. And we're here for Rad, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. Music is one of the most important things in our lives, but nothing is more important than life itself. So when you drink and drive, you're risking the life of yourself and the lives of everybody on the road. Don't plan to drive, just plan ahead. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the Wall, and you're listening to Swoop. And welcome back to Swoop's World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, hey, man, there's like a, all these crazy uh, things happening this week. And uh, did you hear, you hear about this guy? Uh, what's his name? The guy who he'd already murdered three people. Oh, the yeah, uh, guy who was on HBO. Robert, Robert Durst. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see the HBO thing, but I, didn't I did the, read about him. I didn't him. see the HBO special, but I'd, I'd read about him in the past. Yeah. And I read, you know, and, and, I, and I, I do remember the murder of the, uh, the friend. 
out here in L.A. that he uh, that was going to be talking to the police the next right. day or something. Berman, or, uh, right? Yeah, Berman, right? Is that her name? Exactly. And I do remember. I remember that. I remember when that happened. I remember you know because she was something, and, and, and it was on the news. And I remember kind of remember a little bit about that. But the guy, I mean, he first of all he admitted to killing his neighbor, dismembering him, and disposing of the body. And All self-defense. And he was found not guilty. Under self-defense. <laughs> I think it was in Texas at the yeah, time, but, right? Yeah, but, I mean, but give me a break. I mean, like, you, how do you, that's once, a... once you start, once you go beyond calling the police right after the self-defense action, and they're dismembering and hiding, come on, who was on that jury? I'm wondering who, I mean, this guy was a rich guy. I'm wondering who he who paid, paid off, is what I'm wondering that's now. Right, exactly. Because that, yeah, when I, when I heard, when I read that he had gotten, he, he basically, just as you said, he'd, he had been found not guilty by, that's how I read it. He'd been found not guilty by, and this, he's already been suspected. Okay? Right. Not guilty by self-defense. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, self-defense, that's pretty cut and dried, right? And then I continued to read. And they're talking about how he dismembered. I'm like, at that point, that's not self-defense, no, is no, it? No, 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 it's not. Yeah. That's premeditated. That's a, that's I think a, that's a guilty man trying yeah. to hide a crime there. For sure, for sure. So this guy, he, you know, I don't know. He apparently is getting better lawyers than OJ because this guy is—he didn't get caught by the, the justice system. He got caught by HBO. <laughs> From what I can tell, that's the most damning evidence. It is. Because he left his microphone on well, it, when he went to take a piss you know, and then admitted to it. Here's the weird thing before that. Because before that, they said that uh, the, um, the the second wife, which was Berman's son, was okay. going through her stuff right. and found a letter that he had written her. Okay, And the handwriting is exactly the same as there was a letter that was sent to, the, to taunt the police. Right. And, you know, there's a corpse at this address, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Sent it to Beverly Hills, which she, apparently she actually lived in L.A. because she was right on the border. Right. He misspelled Beverly, and he printed it, and his it's, and it's, it's printing, apparently, is, is very distinct. Right. And so, the, apparently, now, whatever, 30 years later, the son is going through his mom's stuff, and he finds a letter that Durst wrote her, same handwriting, Beverly is spelled misspelled Correct. the, same, the way. same way, and uh, so they were already kind of looking into this guy again. Mm-hmm. You know, they're already kind, but that whole thing—you're right—that whole thing with the—he uh, leaves his microphone on. Yeah, he's talking to himself. Yeah, and basically says, "I killed all three. Yeah, what did I do? <laughs> I killed them all. all. Yeah, uh, it's just—it's first of all, it's just a strange." Strange case altogether, and I, I guess I, I should go back and watch the HBO special. I mean, even though you know these documentaries, you, you know my thing about documentaries about any movie based on a true story, whatever. There's a little bit of a leeway. That's well, you're interpreting leeway. facts, right? You know, that's the thing. Is but, even even when you read history books, yeah, and I tell this to my kid. You know, it's like who wrote it. You know, was he a Republican? Was he a Democrat? Was he? You know, if you're talking like if you're talking about like say Nazi history. Was he a Nazi party member? Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a different history than, say, a Russian Jew who had fled. I mean, yeah, who, wrote, right. who wrote the – was he an American? Was he a British? I mean, you're going to have an entirely – whole you know, bunch of things. And that's, like, 
hard science. That's history. That's right. Forget about TV. <laughs> Those guys got their own sort of nebulous set of rules exactly. that they may or may not follow. And then when you get to the based on a true story. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, uh, what's there with a guy named Ted? <laughs> that's like saying, oh, Everything else is just I heard this story, and that's how I ended up with this story. And it's based on that. I mean, it's, it's, it could be entirely made up, yeah. and often is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even the most... I mean, I think even people who are like you said, even people who are really trying to get to the, to the bottom of things, they still come in with their preconce- preconceived notions. And I admire sometimes when I hear about stories about people who go, "I came in attempting to prove this, and I did all this research, and you know what? I was proved wrong." And right. they still put it out there because right. a lot of times people go, "Well, fold up shop, let's move on to right, something yeah, else." Yeah. Um, but you know, you're always going to get. I think a lot of times this, you get most of the truth. Uh, like, like you know, there's going to be things that only Durst knows that you know you're going to have to speculate on, and that's what I it kills it because I you know I watch a lot of this kind of true TV stuff, and I'll hear you know the prosecutor talking or the detective talking or, and I'm like, well, that was a big leap. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> you saw this and you and now you just say this is he's absolutely doing this, and I'm like, you know, as, you know, having investigated, all this, that's a leap. That's just a that's just your idea of what you think happened next. Right. And that not necessarily is what happened next, and it probably didn't happen next. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yep, that's the whole stuff is it gets uh, it gets very muddy, you know. Yeah. And, and it, again, unless you actually have, like, a, a video yeah. of an actual event that happened. But and even then, even you got to have the right angle sometimes, man. Yeah, right. Just look at, look at like, uh the Boston Marathon guys, right. right? It's like, I mean, I'm not defending these guys whatsoever, but the argument has been made. Like, they were running because bombs were going off. Because depending on, exa- you're talking like split second sort of stuff. Right. And it's like, when did people, how, some people react faster than other people. We know that, right? It's like, and so you can sometimes point to a, uh, an instant where you're saying, oh, look, see, he's running. Well, yeah. of course he's running. There's a bomb going off. <laughs> Everybody else is running. Everybody else is running. He's just, he's just running faster. Right? I mean, and I'm not – no, yeah, those yeah, guys yeah, did it. But right. It's like – A lot of times, even when you have – I mean, fucking look at the Kennedy assassination. We have <laughs> multiple videos, at least two from two different – yeah, right. Yeah, there's a pruner is the one everybody knows. And then, you know, and then the other one yeah, – I don't know the names, yeah. but there's at least there's at least three – that cover not the whole thing, but parts of parts it. Of that, it. A big part right. of it. And even now, we don't know beyond all certainty, beyond <laughs> all doubt, who actually was there one, was there two. You know, I mean, that's right. I mean, everybody pretty much agrees Lee Harvey Oswald was involved, but did he actually do it? Because we don't know. We honestly cannot, because we don't have that video. Yeah. We don't have him actually pulling a trigger. Right, we just we have the, the other things that go with it. So even in those instances, which you would think that's pretty like, we've got it on video, right? No, not no. so much. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, hey look at freaking instant replay on football. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're shooting. They're set up for shit like that. They got. They're, they're shooting from all different angles and slow motion, slow motion and stop frames. And Forty still. guys looking at it. Forty <laughs> different officials going yes or no. <laughs> Forget about the million people involved, a billion people involved sometimes. It's exactly. the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 
you're talking about a bit of evidence, and I don't know. Yeah, it is crazy. There's though. no doubt in my mind. I don't know how this guy got this three. far, though. Like yeah. I said, he's got better lawyers well, than OJ. Yeah. <laughs> he's also some kind of friggin' real estate mogul, and uh, you know, he's just like you said. Well, I didn't think part of it too, from what I and I haven't followed super closely, mm. but each one, each time he's been charged, it's always been in a different state, right? From what I understand, he's been charged for murder in L.A. He was charged for murder in Texas and got yeah, off, and then, his wife and then charged for murder in New York. New York. So, you know, as was he even know, tried for his wife's murder in New York? I don't think he was even tried. I think for it was suspected. Wife. Suspected. Yeah. So yeah. the point being, though, is that as we know, they've as, never found her body. Well, right. That's, yeah, that's what his thing. this Berman chick right. might have known, apparently, right. from what it. I gather. Point though in all this is that, you know, police departments from different states. Police departments from different cities don't always cooperate well. And well they, they, police departments from different states oftentimes well, here's, here's don't. What, here's, here's another thing that happened. When, when, uh, when they found Berman's body in L.A., right? She's the one from L.A., right? She's from Las Vegas, but she was found in, dead in, in, in L.A. LA. Okay. That's what I understand. When they first found her body, the, the local divisional detectives, this is what I understand, the local divisional detectives, who are good detectives, were doing the investigation. When they found out that he may be suspected of his wife's murder in Texas, robbery homicide took over, which is like the homicide elite right. detectives. Um, so there was some knowledge there, and they, you know, they bumped it up to the next level. Right. Uh, not, don't get me wrong; they're all good detectives. It's one of those things. Like if you work, a lot of times you work homicide in a division. You know, you, your goal is to get to robbery homicide. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, you're trying to get to Metro or SWAT mm-hmm. or something. You know what I mean? It's like that's the, the elite section. They work, They high, handle all the high-profile ones. You know, they handle... Right. More complex. Nicole, or, you know, Ron or, and Nicole. Right, right. Right. So they handle that kind of stuff, right? And so it got bumped to them and because now we're talking about, you know, guys suspected for a murder in, in New York and here and, oh, my God, he was tried in Texas. Right. You know, this is all, so then, but... You know, there's still a lot of puzzle pieces to put together, and I think he might he may have sealed his fate this time around. It sounds like it, it sounds like it sounds like HBO is putting him away. He's got his attorneys, though, that probably uh, get that. I'm squashed. guessing. I'm guessing, yeah, because I, I saw some sort of headline today saying that he. Let's see what the headline said. Something like when he. His attorney is arguing that when he was being interviewed, he was on some sort of serious psycho- psychotropic <laughs> drugs or something like that. Something, some. So, so he couldn't possibly have been in his, his right, right mind. Is, is the argument that's being yes, made? Exactly. And so, of course, if he can at all prove that, uh, yeah. you know, because then it, then it becomes, well, he just was acting, and he was, he, and he, you know, he didn't know what he was doing, so he didn't know what he was saying. He's got family members that are like. Finally, he, he's going to get his justice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, nobody believes he's it. it no, no, at all. no. But at the same time, they maybe can't actually well, prove it, <laughs> and that's part of the problem, obviously. Uh, and the that's other, when you the other thing too is he's seventy-one. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's seventy-one, and it sounds like even before his his lawyer got involved, it sounds like he's not in the best of health. Oh, really? Um, so there's a chance he'll be dead before. <laughs> Because a trial like this isn't going to be over in four no, days. No, it's no, gonna, no, no, no. It's going to go six months, oh, a no, year. No, no. This is a, this, you know, and that, once it starts. If they arrest him now, we're talking about a two years before this thing exactly. goes Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then once it actually starts, you're talking possibly a six-month trial. And, you know, so 
if he is really in, in ill health, uh, and he's, you know, 71, as we talk about, you know, once you get over that point, you know, anything can happen. Uh, and, of course, if in that, from what I heard, he's in jail without bail. Right. 71-year-old in general population, I'm not so sure uh, if he's really up to that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that's killed lesser man. Uh, I'm just saying there's a very good chance that that guy won't even make it out. Well, well you know, you do, I don't think anybody will cry. Society, I don't think anybody's going to be all broken heart. No, I don't. No. But... So, but I, I, I'll bet you. I, no, I don't bet you. But I, if I was a betting man, I would bet that this guy dies before he goes before, before he goes anything is proven. Before, before he's he actually proven guilty. guilty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That'd be my guess. Hey, you're you know? probably right. He's, 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 he's got a pretty good track record. That <laughs> he does. Oh, bastard! Yeah. <laughs> so another big story uh, is uh, this thing. You know, Howard Schultz, who's the CEO of uh, Starbucks. Mm-hmm. He likes to uh, get involved in things. You know, personally, I just want to get a cup of coffee and leave. But uh, he's encouraging his baristas to discuss race relations with customers. And uh, he said they're going to start putting uh, – it's up to the individual barista. Basically, let me, let me uh, kind of breeze through part of this story real quick. It says, Starbucks published a full-page ad in the New York Times on Sunday – a stark black page with a tiny caption, Shall We Overcome? In the middle, and the words, Race Together, with the company logo on the bottom. So, uh, further, if we go further down, it says, Beginning on Monday, Starbucks baristas will have the option, as they serve customers, to hand cups on which they've handwritten the words, Race Together, and start a discussion about race. Hmm. I, I, I hadn't I, heard of this. This is all new for me, so I'm, I'm digesting. First of all, I... I <laughs> I, my conversation with my baristas is usually, uh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, that same thing. Uh, yeah, how's your week been? Thank you very much. I'm out of here. And that's uh, probably more than I have because I don't go to the same barista. So I'm just a face to them that just is paying money. And i got to say that anytime I see the barista talking to the person ahead of me. It just pisses you off, doesn't it? Just it just pisses me off. Because it's taking longer than I really the, We've slowed it, things down. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, us having owned a coffee house together, yeah, uh, the getting, getting, you know, being polite, being friendly, and getting the customer serves is that's a thing, man. Keep that thing moving. Now, there. if things are slow yeah, and you're killing time, time exactly. but I mean, how many times is that oh the case God. with Starbucks? That's never. They're yeah. always busy, right? They're, they stay busy. They, that's their thing, right? And it's like, I'm always behind. I don't want to do anything that slows that guy down. No. You know, I have my money ready. <laughs> I have my drink order in mind. You're I know like, how to like, say my drink order as sufficiently <laughs> as possible, even though it doesn't even make sense to me. I know how to say it as efficiently the way, it. The way they want. See, because I used to say it a certain way, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But they always correct that's, <laughs> So then I learned their lingo. I learned to say it the way that they pass it on so that we can get out of there as fast as possible. I certainly don't want to open the <laughs> can of worms of race. <laughs> See, you order. See, I'm the same way, man. I'm, I'm like Seinfeld going through the line of the soup Nazi. Mm-hmm. I place my money where they want it. I say it like they want to hear it. And I step to the side. I'm cooperating. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is uh, there's, I, got, I find all kinds of problems with this in the, big, in the big scheme of things. Because, like you said, you get, you get the person with the conversation. You're standing in line. I'm always behind the person that's got... 
12 different coffees and reading off a sheet of paper because they're ordering for the whole office and this person needs 12 pumps of this and light on that and decaf on this and skinny this. So it's already kind of, I'm already in a foul mood. But the, the bigger picture here is, is we keep talking about how we want to create, create a society where race plays no issue. You know, and, 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 and you know, it's like, uh, you know, Martin Luther King says, judge me by the content of my character, but not the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. But if we're always discussing race, it's always going to be in the forefront of the issue, in the forefront of everybody's. See, and, and, I, and I am a nitpicker. There's only one race. The human race. It's the fucking human race. Exactly. Okay. You have black skin and I have white skin. <laughs> You're a human and I'm a human. Now, we can talk about ethnicity. Exactly. Okay. You are an African-American descent. I'm Greek, Irish, <laughs> fucking 20 different things, and that's my descent. But my ethnicity is different than your ethnicity, but we have no problem getting along. Exactly. Just, so, and then here's the real question. Like, okay, because that, that, that is a pet peeve of mine, is like there is only one race. Yeah. You know? There's not, like, dogs. Okay? You've got dogs. You've got Doberman Pinchers, you've got Pitbulls, you've got Jack Russell Terriers. They're all the same race. They're all canines. Right. They're all whatever the two canine whatever, right, to differentiate them from canine wolf. Right. right. Okay, they're all the same fucking race. They are different breeds within that race, which is the thing with humans. We have different colors. We, have different, we came from different parts of the world. We have different attributes. Okay, so that's my first problem. My second problem is, is why would I discuss race with a fucking <laughs> Starbucks barista? Because I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that every, almost every Starbucks barista that I have ever met fits a certain demographic. They are a certain age. They're under, they're under 30, and they're mostly under 25. <laughs> And they're college students. <laughs> they're they got a whole classroom they could talk about this. That's, that's where they concerned. should. <laughs> what makes them experts in race? How do I know they're not racist? It's like <laughs> I mean, I would rather talk to someone about race or ethnicity. Who's I'm 45. I'd rather talk to someone about those issues. Who's closer to my age? Because believe me, whatever that person, forget about what ethnicity they are. They could be white. They could be black. They could be whatever ethnicity they are. Whatever they experience being half my age is not what I experience. Right. I mean, that goes without saying, right? Right. I mean, because we know that. And you're 10 years older than me. So what you experienced even isn't. But at least you and I are close enough in age that we can have that conversation. Like... Uh, how can I have a conversation about race with someone who really couldn't possibly have experienced those issues the way I experienced it? And that, so, so the argument could be that's why you should have the conversation. But I don't want to waste my time with these people. And I'm, not, I'm not casting judgment, but I don't, just what I, what's the connection here? Why are these guys experts on this? Or and all this is all this does is slow down my damn coffee. <laughs> I, I'm with you. On that. I'm totally with you on that. And, and I and I I think that every time we just like, you know what? Let's let's just be honest about everything. You know what? 
if, if your goal is to eradicate racism, you ain't going to do it. There's racism worldwide. All right? It, does it play a major, a major part in my life? No. Does it, I think most, it, doesn't take, it doesn't even play a major part in most people's lives. I think do certain things pop up here and there? Yes. But if we're going to get to a point where we, we, we really do have the society where race is not an issue, and I, you know, ethnicity, as you said, which is correct. I, I, I agree with you on that. This is a discussion. We're going to stick with what they, they yeah. You got to use the, the yeah. terminology. Yeah. But uh, I think every time you bring it up and you and you make it sound like this and that and that and this and this is negative and, and it, you know, it's like if you if you're looking for the boogie monster, you're going to find the boogie monster. Yeah. Every time, and if you're if you're aware of yourself and aware of who you are and what you are want in this world, you're going to associate with people with the, or love like mine. And well, think about this. Here's along those lines, just like you're saying. How many people that you meet in a day have blue eyes? I have no idea. I have no idea either. You know why? Because <laughs> I don't fucking pay any attention to that. Exactly. <laughs> but what if race was defined not by the color of your skin, but by the color of your eyes? You are whatever race because you have brown eyes, right. and I have light brown eyes, so I'm of a different race. And then my wife has has green eyes, so now we're interracial. Oh my god! Okay, what, what, I mean, it's it's almost as arbitrary. It is. Right? I mean, we're just talking about a color of some part of your body. Right. You could easily say hair. Yeah. Right. I mean, so I don't notice as I go through the day the people that have green eyes or blue eyes or brown eyes or I mean. It's, Somebody's hot, they're hot. If they're ugly, they're ugly. If they're male or female, they're male. It's the same sort. To me, it's the same. I know it's simplistic, but it's the same sort of thing. It's like I don't pay attention to what color someone is until I got to find a reason to, like, track them down. Right. And then it doesn't matter what color they are. It's like I need to know who you are because you just did something that pissed me off (laughs) or whatever. But – the point being is, like, I go through my day, and, and I literally, I walk in. I went into Starbucks today. I cannot tell you if the barista was black, white, brown, orange, I purple. I can't tell you because you know why? I didn't fucking care. She served me as a woman. I do remember that, and that's all I remember. Oh, she wasn't hot, then. She remember, wasn't hot. You remember that. I remember that. <laughs> I hope she's not listening. But, I, you know, she would know who I was. It was the first, Starbucks, first time I ever been in that Starbucks. Point being is, uh, like, it didn't matter to me. Right. And I don't know what color she was, and I don't care, and it doesn't matter. And, and I don't – because now if she's going to talk to me about race, you know what I'm going to have to do? Find a new Starbucks. Well, I'm going to have to do that. But the other thing I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to figure out, okay, well, what race is she? Because then where is she coming from? Right. Because, oh, she's black. Oh, she's white. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's all – the moment you make – just like you were saying, the moment you make race the issue or, or, or the – not even the issue. The moment you bring race up – like, to me, she was my Starbucks barista. Right. If she had talked to me about race, then I would have started going, oh, so she's black. She's white. She's whatever. Right. And now, now it just complicates everything just like you were saying. It's like now, now it became an issue. It wasn't an issue before. Now it's definitely an issue. Because is she happy about it? Is, is she mad at me? Is she happy with me? Are we on the same page? Are we kumbaya? Are we adversarial? What are we? 
I went in to get fucking coffee and some beans. I really like these new beans that Starbucks has. Which ones are those? Uh, the, Starbucks is doing this small batch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm not plugging Starbucks here, yeah. but they've got a good product. Yeah. And they do these beans that yeah, I like. Uh, Suluisi Pango Pango. Yeah, I saw like those. Some of the best coffee I've ever had in my life. And I went in there to get the beans with my triple tall Americano. <laughs> See, here's another thing. <laughs> Not yeah, to talk to race. about their product. You know me. I, I'm an Americano guy. I mean, I'm, I'm just black coffee. But they have this tall. They have this flat white latte. Okay. Which is it, you know it's the ristretto uh, uh, draws on the, on the espresso two shots. Whatever they're using there, I mean. I, I get I get one of those once once or twice a week and you know me I never get lattes I right. mean I usually, when, you, when we had the shop I very rarely made myself myself a latte <laughs> um, but it's a it's a it's a great you know whatever they, they, they're you know the, the way they're the way they're uh, drawn the extracting the uh, uh-huh. uh, for the uh, for the espresso and, and what they're doing there that's a, it's just a good product but like you said. So I can't tell you how many black people I saw today, how many white people I saw today, how many people, whatever. And, you know, the thing is, and, and we get, like, you know, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned this, you know, the hyphenated stuff. And, and I, I don't even like the hyphenated stuff. I don't like the African-American or this or that. Matter of fact, I, and one of the reasons I don't like it is because people, people just misuse it. They lump everybody in the category. I'm watching TV the other day, and uh, they're talking about Rihanna is going to be the gracing uh, some magazine. Right. And, and, and the guy who was talking reported on it, she's going to be the first African-American to ever grace me, she's she's. I think she's British. Okay, so she's not an African American, right? And I heard somebody she's not an African Britain. Right? Right? Yeah, I heard somebody. Britain, I heard what somebody, is he, right? Yeah, I heard yeah. somebody the other day talk. I, I, so I, I should be walking around calling myself an, a European American. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean that's it's accurate, yeah, but it's, only to some degree. You know, right. it's like it's like years ago, so, nine and, years ago, but eight months ago. I and how many how many white people do that? I'm a European American. No, no, they say oh, I'm a uh, I'm an Irish I'm American. Irish, I'm Irish. Okay, <laughs> now. What part was of, of Africa was your family from? Um, you don't have an idea. No. But and, I'm pretty sure we could be more precise than Africa, <laughs> Amer- African-American, right? Because your family would have come from what's now a country. So maybe you're Congo-American and, and or is, I don't know. I mean, who else, is, right? Is, is, and, and I'll be honest with you. I don't even know. There could be other things in the mix coming along the way. because Of course. You know, you know, so to, to just kind of just... All these titles we have and all this stuff we, we deal with, and, and I think it's kind of being forced on us a lot. Uh, but people, I think they mean I mean, well. Sometimes a lot, mean yeah, well, I was going to say, know. sometimes a lot of times this happens because people are, you know, because there were obviously certain other words that were used that are are not acceptable. <laughs> right, yeah, and but, so they tried to come up with a, a less offensive um, word, right? You know, you know, just in the 50s, to be polite, you'd call someone a Negro. Yeah. That was polite. Now you say that, that is not so polite, right? Um, unless you're like 100 years old, then you can get away with that. But short of that, you, you can't. So I understand the need to sort of, sort of um, make it more palatable for everybody yeah, you know to what? talk about differences. But, right. but to get hooked up into this, caught up in these in these... Yeah. A lot of times that just becomes counterproductive. It does become counterproductive because then everybody's got this label and we and we still race is still at the forefront. And we're never as long as you keep it there, we're never going to eradicate now, a lot of the things. Now I do have to say, having done lived in certain parts of the country, not everywhere, but just a certain uh, we do have a bit of luxury here in LA and Southern California and I just think California in general, in that Race is nowhere near 
the issue that it is in other parts of the country, uh, where or other parts of the world. I mean, well, other par- I, I'm, I'm not even going yeah. there. I'm just, talking about, I'm just talking about within our own country. Right. There are certainly. Uh, I lived in D.C. like 10, 15 years ago, and, and race. You know, I came from L.A. I had, I had black friends. I had Korean friends. I had Jewish friends. I had like yeah, you know the whole coalition. the rainbow, yeah. the, the whole coalition going. You know, and so for me, I couldn't understand. I just couldn't understand when I showed up and like these people just hated me out of turn because I was a different color. And, and it, it's certain places, uh, I think, are more – that's a, a bigger issue. So I, I don't want to po- you know, poo-poo it and say it's, it's not – It was in, the, in, in that industry too. Yeah, in that industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah because I would go to I, – I was, I was a chef or a cook at the time. I wasn't a chef. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I'd go to one kitchen and it would be all black, yeah. you know, uh, all local people. Uh, then I go to the next kitchen, and it might be all like Puerto Ricans. And I might go to the next kitchen, and it would be all uh, Guatemalans. So that was really weird. Like we don't really have that here nearly as much as we do there. And so, and I was always there. <laughs> I was always the minority. <laughs> and, and almost every time, like people would be like, "That white guy, they don't trust him." And, What's he up to? And generally speaking, I would win these people over because I didn't care, and I and I treated them right, and they and they respected that, and they reciprocated, and that's usually all it takes most of the time. Uh, but so I, I don't want to poo-poo this issue because it, it is an is, a bigger issue in other parts and other places than it is perhaps here, and we do. But you know the. But and, and you're right. It still and, comes and, back to. You're right, and I think one of the reasons it is an issue, even other places where you know in places you know I've I've had similar experiences at times too. I think the reason it is an, an issue is because it's brought up so much, and people feel like. You know, look out for this guy because right. you know whatever. And and and, and you know, you, like I always said, you put you put a bunch of kids, you know, kid, nursery school age, in in a, in a play play area right. of all different colors. They're gonna all get along and have a good time. Right. Racism is taught. Racism is a learned behavior. Yeah, for certain. So, for certain. You know, uh, you know, if you stay, if you stay in a segregated area, and you're always told that this person or this color, or this is holding you back, and this that, and you don't go out and spread your wings and, and, and get out and, and, and meet people or right. whatever. Yeah, you're gonna have those. You're gonna have those opinions. You're gonna teach them to the, your, your offspring, and you're gonna you're, you're gonna fester in that. And like you said, you somebody a, a different. You have to kind of win them over. You have to yeah. walk in and, and win them over. And right. and sometimes uh, you do, sometimes you don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were guys that were just like, nope, no yeah. way, no way, no way. You know. Uh, but all that being said, I don't know that I. I don't Starbucks, know, Starbucks is the place to uh, solve these. <laughs> Starbucks baristas. I don't think so. Because, again, like I said, my experience is those people are so young that I'm sure some of them have experienced racism of some sort, but I'm not sure they're the people. They're not the the ambassadors we need. (laughs) You know, here's the thing. In the fight against racism. Regardless of you, let's say you've experienced it. Let's say you experience some racism. Do you let that hold you back? I mean, it's like it's like this. If you you know, do you, do you not succeed? Do you not still attempt to succeed if 
say you you came down with a an illness and then you had to you had to repeat a grade right or you or, or, or all the horrible things that can happen in your world right or right you got whatever you're an athlete you get hurt you can't play that season right do you not and it could be a career ending injury but if it's not do you do you let that hold you back do you do you to come back do you continue to, to strive for what you strive for and that's my whole thing about racism yeah yeah there are gonna be you're gonna run across racist people does it? How does that affect me and my, and my goals in life? It doesn't. It really doesn't. And you have to. I mean, I'm not saying I got. I, you know, I'm, I'm this great warrior out there. I'm just saying that. You know, as long as I'm walking and talking, I just move on. You know, there's don't, haters don't, everywhere. Yeah, there's haters everywhere. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. Might, they might. They might. They might hate you because you're race. They might not the way you look. They don't like the way you wear your hair. You're the like, wrong age. You listen to wrong music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, do you let that hold you back? Drive the wrong car. Right. I mean, there's. Don't let, if you don't let that hold you back, why let this uh, this other shit hold you back? Because you're gonna, in the big scheme of things, you're gonna run across more people who aren't racist than you are gonna run across people who are racist, and. To let the to let that shit hold you back and and, and, and surround and suck up all your uh, all your life spirit, don't uh, I don't I don't get it I really don't. And, you know, was there a time? Oh hell yeah, because oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know that I that time I don't think that time is now. And this was my humble opinion. Listen to Swoops for the Star <laughs> Radio Network. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back and uh, chat tomorrow. We're getting close to brewski time. This is Fat Reggae Dub Status. This is called Back to the Pad. After this. Class, I just smoked some gas. Holy shit, I graduated. How the fuck did I pass? Cause time shoots by like a star in the sky. And with this mic in my hand, yeah, that's how I'm passing by. You're hearing this because you found out that I write a story about my life simply one at a time. So now it's back to the pad again. Smoke out with my dad again. Someone hit up more cause I need myself a Heineken. Got a pack of bull. Can't give it up at length with no reason to be pet because this is a godsend. Back to smoking blunts out hard. Cough, check my card. Questions about my life. What my music takes me far because there's nowhere i'd rather be chilling with my friends in the city by the sea because there's nowhere i'd rather go with a one-way ticket on my way back to home so now southern california where the music's always pumping the party's always down and the bass is always pumping. So up the music and turn it up loud rolling through your town we be raising up a crowd Up tall in this life that I'm living Thrown into a pond and now I'm the fish that's swimming In a fucking abyss Cause you're taking away from every person that I'm missing And you're thrown into a situation Surrounded by Christians who are telling me the road to take Make no mistake, I've got to make my grand escape To find the truth, no person can tell me what to do Cause I'm telling you how the fuck it is Cause this Christian religion, church affiliation All of these are nothing that I'm used to I put my open mind and this is like a weapon that I can use There's nowhere I'd rather be Chilling with my friends in the city by the sea Cause there's nowhere I'd rather go with a one-way ticket on my way back to home So now Southern California where the music's always pumping The party's always down and the bass is always thumping So bump up the music and turn it up loud Rolling through your town, we be raising up a crowd
rather be Chilling with my friends in the city by the sea Cause there's nowhere I'd rather go With a one-way ticket on my way back to home So now Southern California where the music's always pumping The party's always down and the bass is always thumping Now bump up the music and turn it up loud Rolling through your time, we be raising up a crowd Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. At seven, I shower. Every day I wake up For at those five. caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics, or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted, and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. I'm Joey. I'm Robert. I'm Dennis. And I'm Ellen. And we're It's Okay! You're listening to Swoon's Welcome back to Swoops Bro. T-Bone's in the house. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. How's your week been, man? <laughs> uh, heavy breathing. Yeah, it looks like, he, he looks like he's got, a, like you said, he's got a new dude. He's got a little... Yeah. Uh, sharp over there. Yeah, look yeah. at that, man. The dude take, took a couple years off, and then <laughs> I put a few more back on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw, you know, you, you remember, uh, Ad, you know, of course you know, you own some of his artwork, Adam James Dano. Yeah. Did you see the picture he posted today? I did, I did. I saw that, man. I didn't even, I would, I would if I had right seen, yeah, that, if I had uh, <laughs> I'd seen his other picture, the new picture, I would not, I would not recognize him. I would, I would walk right by him, I saw Yeah. <laughs> I've always seen him with the beard, and, uh, yeah, but that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. He looked like ten years younger, didn't he? <laughs> he looked like a different person. He did I mean, completely, just an entirely different that, person. That, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Ed Norton in American History X. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure, not, not sure that's the look he was going for. But that's kind of oh, He'd love that if you heard me say that, boy. Yeah. He'd, he'd be the, I'll see him in the gym. He goes, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been, man? Uh, you said I uh, just kind of been there, huh? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's uh, yeah. one of those weeks where you feel like life's telling you to go do some other things with your, with your universe. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it tells me that every day. <laughs> Otherwise, I may be joining the ranks of the uh, alternately employed like you guys. You know, 
<laughs> I just walk away. Oh, so, you know. Fuck it. I'll let Tom know. Yeah. <laughs> Start slinging juice plus. Yeah, there you go, man. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you better uh, you better tighten that door up before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the general manager comes right out. <laughs> We're about four minutes away from uh, Brewski's. Uh, let me just let you know. Uh, Maintain the integrity of the sound. Exactly, man. <laughs> Borrow time as it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, Peter and I were talking about some, some stories here. We saw in the news this week, and uh, we covered uh, we covered the, the Durst and Robert Durst guy, and we talked about the. Starbucks uh, kind of you know, get involved in the race talk, but uh, here's one I thought uh, I thought this would be right up Peter's alley here. Uh-oh. Nude Utah sunbather, the bather, 77 years of age, <laughs> takes plea deal in loot in this case. It says uh, a 77 year old uh, Utah man charged with lewdness for after sunbathing nude in his backyard has agreed to a plea deal that keeps his record clean as long as he wears a swimsuit. Okay, Myron Lee Kipp pleaded guilty to two misdemeanor charges Tuesday in Farmington, but under the terms of the deal, prosecutors uh, won't, uh, won't be ordered to, if Kipp stays covered uh, over the next year. Says uh, His attorney says Kipp had been taking in the sun, in the nude, for 30 years. And it wasn't a problem until new neighbors moved in. Last year, police said children could see the new Kip from a church parking lot behind his house. Kip appeared in court. So when I was reading this, I'm thinking, okay, well, he's on his own property. Because there's another story. Uh, that We'll compare the two stories. Because there's another story that came out this week, too. Uh, and I think it was North Carolina. And I hope this audio is a place. Uh, it says, police say naked man standing in his doorway is not breaking the law. And the neighbors are all fed up. And this is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Residents, I hate this. In Charlotte's uh, neighborhood say they're fed up with the neighbor. They say stands in the front door of his home naked. The police say he's, doing, he's not doing anything illegal. People in the Cardinal Glen neighborhood in uh, North Charlotte say the man has been doing this for nearly 10 years. And on Friday, they called the police again. So... Different states have different rules, different laws. Both of these guys are on their own property. Right. Just this guy right. is actually inside his house. He has a, uh, if you look here, he's got a clear glass screen door type thing. Uh, the other guy's in his own backyard. He said he'd been doing it for 30 years until, the, you know, the neighbors next door had a problem with it. So, I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you fall on this? Are you guys, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on this? I, I grew up with total hippies. Yeah. <laughs> I also grew up in Orange County, where six and a half foot cinder block walls, seven foot cinder block walls everywhere, everywhere. Right. right. So you could walk into your backyard. So the only oh, way, that one's mine. And my, that one's mine. Oh, my parent and my parents were always <laughs> sure done that too. Bad form. <laughs> they were always naked, you know, and that's fine, right? And they would be out in the backyard drinking their coffee, smoking their cigarettes, naked, and that's. If you wanted to see my parents naked, you would have to at least elevate step, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but, so in that case, like I mean, to me that's like, and, and I live here in Long Beach. I got a spa. When it's time to go in the spa, I don't put on a bathing suit because <laughs> I'm in. I'm in my backyard, and I've got six foot, seven foot 
walls that if you're if you can see me, then you're doing something illegal. You're I'm not sure your second floor. The, the reason I say this is because my my buddy growing up, my buddy's neighbor, right. She used to sunbathe naked by her pool in the backyard. Ah. And the only way we could see her because she was hot was go up t- into his okay. bed- bedroom and look out the window. All right. No, that's a, that's a, <laughs> okay, can, that's a mitigating that's factor. The, not from the first ground. No, but we weren't calling the police, believe me. Right, right. <laughs> and in my case, there's nobody's house that could possibly see into my – you'd have to be in a helicopter or you'd have to be looking over a fence. So I don't know. The guy was in Texas. Utah. Utah. It seems to yeah. It seems to me that he's been doing. If he really has been doing it for thirty, 30 years. years, and all of a sudden people can see him, it's it's, it's it sounds to me like he's not the problem in that instance. Yeah. The other guy's a perv. <laughs> From what I can tell. From what I can tell, you know. Yeah, there's two things. There's the good fences make good neighbors thing. Yeah. And then there's the why are we so hung up on nudity that we have to make such a big freaking deal of it? We've all got tallywhackers or hoo-hahs. I mean, get over it. Get over it. Yeah. Exactly. You don't want you more people than no more. Mm. No more naked. We are. We're ready ish. We're, we're one minute behind on the, on the briskies, man. We got. We got. I hate when we do that. We, yeah, that's bad form. <laughs> Very need some cups. Way. I got them right here. Nice. I anticipate. Should I hit the? Should I go ahead and hit your intro? Yeah. It's time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops Row Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. You, buddy. Well, happy Wednesday, and welcome to the most important part of the show: the beer tasting part, part where we officially drink beer. Tonight, we are drinking uh, St. Archer. That's the brewing company. I'm pretty sure have we've you, had... Have you, have you been there? You I haven't been to this brewery. They, are, had, they are a San Diego one. I think though. we did some sort of tasting on these guys, but I'm not quite sure. I think we did the Kolsch. They have a Kolsch uh, that we, I think, tasted. Um, this beer is actually not listed on... Oh, maybe it is. No. It's not listed at, by this name, Mosaic IPA. On their um, on their website, it's, so I'm gonna, it's their brand new one. I was told. Yeah, it's a brand new one. So I'm going to read right off the back of the label. So here we go. Here at Saint Archer Brewing Company, we are expected to brew with one of our. We're excited to brew with one of our favorite hop varieties, Mosaic. This double IPA ale showcases the wonderful characteristics of this hop. With complex aromatic notes of citrus berry, tropical fruit, and pine, we have also layered in Amarillo, Simcoe, and Chinook to highlight the wonderful hop that is Mosaic. 9% alcohol. And uh, so this is, looks like one of the new ones. I'm not sure if it's a, it's a limited uh, deal or not. But that's what they have to say about their own brew. And like I said, I think we've tried their Kolsch. I want to say it says the Blondale. Uh, it's a German style. I think we tried that a year or two ago. So there you go. That's as much as we know. Salute. Salute. Mm-hmm. Over the key. Hey. Oh, like that. Who's up? I was last week, I know. So I think it's you. Me? Mm. Hey, I'm telling you, that, that aroma was... Mm-hmm. Outstanding, wasn't I mean, it? That first whiff was uh, was golden and um, tastes great too. It's uh, it's it's actually smoother than I expected, a lot smoother than I expected. 
I like that hop. I like the hops in this. Yeah, now, mosaic. Crazy? Mosaic is a type of hop, right? It's a type of hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a. To me, this is a. This is a. This is a good. I, this way, I can drink, drink, drink this every day. It's one every of the newer kind of in hops. Hops are hops are like uh, they're like any plant. They have different varieties. You know, like roses, you get different color kinds. Yeah. Same sort of deal. I would just guess from the name that this is one that's been hybridized. For I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, it's. I know it's not one of the standard, like. Big names like Howlertow or, or, or Fugles, which are much more traditional ones. So, um, but that being said, each each one has its own. Some are better for bittering. Some are better for for nose. For and some are better for flavor. You know what? I, I'm telling you, I, and, and for me, I I get um, <clears throat> I get no bitterness out of this. I mean, to me, this is it's not. I don't I don't want to say it's sweet because I, I really don't like a sweet tasting beer. But I, I think. This thing is such so well balanced. This is a really, really good beer. I'm liking this a lot. Yeah, it's got a little bit of that. Uh, put the word to it. Uh, you're the you're the word guy. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that that part of my uh, skill set is waning quickly. You left that at home, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like this one. Um, I was a little surprised pouring it. It got quite a Quite an aggressive head on yeah, this thing pouring, and I tried to be gentle. You know, it's a relative thing for me, I suppose. But it's a, a tasty beverage. Um, yeah, still can't think of what that word is. That just bouncing around my taste buds. Well, we'll so, come around again. Yeah. Pedro, I, I'm loving this one. This is, uh, I think, we've had some good ones lately. I'm gonna go and say that this is even. Among the good ones we've had, probably the best of the I'm, recent. Uh, I'm with you. Like I said, like we had that bad one about three oh, weeks ago, four weeks ago, here, when he, he wasn't there. Yeah, Everything yeah. since then has been really pretty good. And <laughs> that, that that's at the bar. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> of the ones that have been pretty good, I, I got to say this is probably better. And we've had uh, the Costa Mesa Brewery. What was that? Uh, yeah, that was uh, the the eleven the, the something. LC something early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eleven. Yeah. I forget. I forget. Something about a clock. Oh, no. 11 on the amp. Whatever. It was another IPA. Point is, we've had some really good ones. This one is better than those. It's got a nice sort of green flavor. Yes. In the beginning that I like in. And sometimes the green flavors get skunky at the end. And I don't mind those. And Snoop's like, what What up with that? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, sometimes that skunky flavor is, is, it just throws things out of balance. You know, well, I like it. I don't, it's like, yeah, I can't drink a lot of that. This one doesn't have, so it has the green in the front, but it, it's uh, the green hoppy flavor in the front. Um, but it doesn't have that skunkiness that sometimes goes with that. And I'm I'm really enjoying this. I think it's a really well-made, well-balanced beer. Uh, so there you have it. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember the word you wanted? Resiny was the word. Resiny, yeah, I can see that too, yep. Yeah, see? See how it got back to you then? Mm. I don't think resin. I don't think resiny is actually a word, but you know, it conveys the idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, a scale of uh, ten, one to ten, ten being best. Uh, I'm a nine and a half on this one. Woo! This is one of the best ones I've had. This yeah. Uh, I'm going point for point with the alcohol content, so it gets a nine point oh from me. And that's actually where I was going—a nine point oh. All in the, all in the yeah. same range, man. Yeah, that's a good good beer, Peter. Hmm. 
This is the kind of beer you can drink all day, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Uh, all day, every day. All day, every day. Yeah, you know, like you could get a, a keg of this, throw it in the kegerator, and uh, become a totally useless member of society <laughs> as you drink it every day, all day. That's what this is. Uh, great beer. Well, if you're going to pair it up with food, if you got to do that, um, this is you know it's a big, big flavor stuff over the top, but it's still on the big side of things. So you know, barbecue. Uh, I could see this going with certain kinds of like green stuff, you know, roasted green stuff, roasted salads, roasted, you know, something flavor. It's got to have some bigger, bigger type of flavors to go with this. Uh, so think along those lines. Um, it's going to wash out your early flavors. Probably not going to really go with any kind of fish, maybe some fish tacos with like some spice in there. You know, but other than that, you're thinking meats and big, heavy flavors to go with this one, Agreed. or just drink it alone. It's it's a, it's a good standalone. It is it's a good standalone, and uh, but like you said, I could I could probably pull up to uh, uh, EJ Malloy's or something like that and order anything off their menu with it, and it'll pair up well with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pub. They got hearty. They got hearty. Hearty meals. Hearty yeah. pub type meals and. Uh, Yes, and they usually just throw some specials in and stuff like that. So it, mm-hmm. it, it works well with that kind of stuff. And I, I don't see like a like a you know a dinner salad, but you could probably do a big robust uh, Caesars with it. Yeah, you get the anchovies and everything that goes mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, yeah. Work for you? Yeah. If I were picking something, it would just be more of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. And a slab of dead cow. <laughs> I have a dead cow. Dead cow goes with you know bacon. Bacon goes with it. <laughs> True that. Oh, good times, good times, fellas. Uh, there you have it, another edition of Brewskies. Sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, enjoy the beer in the month club. And they will send you a box of beer each month. Twelve beers, four different breweries. And uh, you also help out the show a little bit when you do that. We're going to take a quick break. We're about... Uh, what is it, about 15 minutes away from Anthony Davis joining us? And uh, AD's got plenty to talk about. Uh, this here is Deborah Crooks, and this is called Little Bird Song. Back up to this. Unconsciousness is a bird in the cage in the darkest corner of the house. Small feathered thing, no larger than a mouse. Sometimes gets out, flies about the living room, grows bigger than the elephant, the albatross, shallow. Hitting its head against the wall, lay stunned on the carpet, 
As everyone waits for the doves call Fly away, little bird There's no room for you here Fly away, little bird It's time to disappear Softly cooing In flies another great feather thing To land upon the wreckage Teaches what it means to sing It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious, and if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion? After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. And now we have an eight-year-old on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. This is Last Day Off, and you're listening to Swoops World Radio. Welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. Well, I'll hold back here reminiscing about old times, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, Digging through the archives exactly, of life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've had some interesting segments we were talking about. We, uh, you know, Besides brewskis, we used to do these things called uh, Late Night Snackings. Mm-hmm. And C-Liv was on the show. And I think the first thing he, uh, he brought us was the peanut butter, mustard, and onion sandwich. The PMO. The PMO. Mm. <laughs> Which I'm not sure if it's still a standby in his kitchen, but I he's married now. I'm sure that being I'm sure that's have, that phase now. That one, but, exactly. <laughs> but you never know. There's a, there's all kinds of motivations to eat a PMO. And I know he hasn't gotten rid of all of those motivations. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, good times, good times. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go back and listen to the, the archives. archives. Exactly. Because everything we've ever said on this show has been recorded for posterity. <laughs> Up to the point when foreign life from another galaxy comes in and zaps all of our digital stuff. So enjoy it. Exactly. So, uh, like I said, we're about ten minutes away from AD. You know, I wanted to talk to you. You know, uh, this week, you know, me and uh, the worldwide leader and uh, the NFL Network. So the worldwide leader had the thirty for thirty this week, and and I love those thirty for thirties. Also, some really well done shows. You know, they you get these real filmmakers behind them and stuff like that. And uh, so. This one's uh, this week was I hate Christian Leitner. Now, I was a huge Christian Leitner fan. I thought I love the guy's game. I loved his 
that is this directed by a UNLV grad? Yeah. No, he went to – oh, yeah. No, no. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I forgot who directed that one, but uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was pretty well done. And uh, I always liked this guy's game. And, I, and I, you know, he, I, li- I love guys who leave it all on the court or the field or whatever your profession is every time you come to work. And, and that's what he did. And he's got records that will never be broken because he did something that people don't do anymore. He stayed there for four years. He played for four years. He played, He went to the Final Four for four years. And it was a hell of a time to be playing Duke basketball. Yes, indeed, man. And uh, you know, he's got back-to-back championships. He's he's got like he's like an all-time scorer. This and that, and playoffs and all the kind of stuff. He played against you know Chris Weber and uh, Shaq and all these other guys. And he was the legitimately the best basketball player in the nation at the time, if not the best in the top five. And the and the guy was just. He was Bill Lambeer light. <laughs> That's a fair character. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, I, I liked him when he played. I remember watching him play. I wasn't a, wasn't a Duke fan. I just like it. But if they were playing, it's like I'd, I'd tune in to watch it. There's a certain athletes you do that for. And, uh, yeah, and so this, uh, this, this special was really well done. And, and whether you love him or hate him, which apparently a lot of people hate him, uh, I think uh, you'd enjoy it. I'm sure they'll repeat it. It's, you know, it's on ESPN, and uh, it was it was really well done. I he seemed it. like such a kind of mild guy. It, it seems like it'd be hard to hate him. Like you could hate Duke because because <laughs> right. I mean, there's natural they have their natural like rivals, but. It, like, there's some guys that are polarizing. He didn't seem like a polarizing guy to me. He Until just... he was on the court. And, they, and that was the thing. It, it, you know, the, the way this thing was done, it was really interesting because they said most people thought he was a guy from privilege. You know, I mean, he's a Duke. You know, the, the, all these guys are from privilege. And all, that's the whole, you know, yeah. the belief system right there. And, and uh, you know, he wasn't afraid to scrap it up with people. But, you know, when you, when you, they, the, the one thing they dig, dig into, you know, he was from, from Buffalo, New York. His dad was a printer, which I don't think that <laughs> that profession is obsolete. His mom was a third buggy grade. whip. <laughs> exactly. His mom was a third grade teacher. Uh, he did go to a, 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 a private prep high school, but he was he was there on one of those work scholarships. So he spent all his summers pretty much working at the school, ripping up carpet, polishing floors, and everything to. Pay the pay the tuition. Uh, when he went to Duke, the kind of crap they could do in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> when he went to Duke, and they were talking about, it, he says, you know, uh, all these guys. Everybody thought we were this you know, him and some other guys were talking. Everybody thought we were like all these kids from privilege. The only person on our team from privilege was Grant Hill, whose dad was Drew Hill, played for the Cowboys. So all the rest of us were, you know, we came from meager meager beginnings, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, Duke is this. You know, it's kind of this school where everybody, but the, these guys were the basketball players. They weren't, and, and you know, he he backed down from no one. You know, he's like he's an old guy from Buffalo. You know, he grew up, you know, hard scrabble kind of guy, and and he was a scrapper. And it was just, it was just it was a really really good thing. If you hate him, you're gonna like half of it. If you love him, you're gonna like half of it. And overall, the bottom line is the guy. You know, he did what he did. He played you know 13 years in the NBA. Uh, didn't have the success he had in college, but a lot of guys don't have the success they have in college. Most, but, yeah, and, and, and to be able to stay in there and stand there thirteen years is a good thing, I think. And then he that's coaches, a, yeah, that's uh, a long, that's, yeah, a, that's a career, that's a career. Yeah. And he coaches, and uh, he's got a family, and 
And in, he's, you know, just the interviews with him. I mean, he his, his, he's a business partner on some things. Is a guy he played with, uh, Brian, Brian, I've got his name. Um, they played together, you know, at Duke and lifelong mm-hmm. friends. And he, it was just, it was just pretty cool. It was a really well done, uh, which most of them are, uh, documentary. And I, and I enjoyed it. And this guy I always liked and I, I learned a little bit more about him. So check it out, I'd say. You know. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was well done. Again, unless you're a UNLV fan. Yes, you're a UNLV fan. And he, he bar- and that's the thing. They, you know, they, they showed highlights of him. He made, I think he's got more last-second winning shots than, like, the, you know, in the history of certain parameters, whatever it is. Right. And they, they showed a bunch of them. Like, it's, it's like uh, the UNLV game, you know. He, uh, he, he, he got fouled. He's going to go to the free-throw line. And uh, they call it, you know, Tarkanian calls a timeout. He goes over, and, and, the, and the coach says, I go to him, and he says, I'm going to ask him, you know, are you, and he says, before I can say anything, he goes, I got this, coach. And he just, and then he, at the time, I went up there, and he drilled two free throws. <laughs> and, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> that was, and he made it look. Yeah, just like nothing. And there was, a, there was one, one game, I forgot which game it was, and he said, uh, the, guy, the inbound pass is going to have to be thrown from, the goal to the free throw line, the other side, so seventy feet, pretty much. And they said, and then you're going to throw the ball to you. Can you make the shot? He says, if he can get the, if he can get the ball to me, I'll catch it. And he said, I told myself, there's two point one seconds left on the clock. There's no reason to rush. And he did. <laughs> he jumped up. He caught the ball. He head faked one way, turned the other way, up, nothing but net, man. It's just dude, it's butter, man. It was just, it was just <laughs> you know. And the thing is, is when you when you do these kind of shows, you can pick all the highlights you want. But I mean, it, it, the, the series of highlights they showed of this guy, you know, he he throws some elbows, he step on a guy here and there, yeah, yeah. But you know, but uh, you can't you can't deny the guy's game. And there's like there's a couple of guys that he played against that said, you know, they said I hated Christian. Lander. They said when well, he wasn't a little guy, his job wasn't to seven sit foot. Yeah, his job wasn't to sit on the corner no. and, and no. lob it in. I mean, his job was to get down there and get nitty gritty and throw some exactly. elbows. So, I mean, if you can't do that, then you don't belong well, down there. You play. Exactly. Just, you play basketball. You yeah, know. I, mean, I played enough to know that if you're down low, you, you know, they, they say basketball is a non-contact sport. Right. That's a bunch of bullshit. That's a bunch of bullshit. Unless you're a point guard, then probably it is. But if you play just about any other position, there's there's a whole bunch of bumping that goes on, and uh, and a whole bunch of elbows. Yes, for exactly. sure. So yeah, and uh, I gotta say, I mean, from what I recall, from what I remember of him is, I always thought of him as a little guy in the down low guys, right? Uh, but you're telling me he's seven foot, and I never thought of him as a seven footer, right? Because seven footers are usually big hulking guys, and he he can move really well, as I recall. Uh, for a guy that that size, yeah. he, 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 I almost thought of him more as a strong forward kind of guy, um, almost like a James Worthy, which I know is not probably accurate, but he moved. He did. He, he moved. He, he, he didn't. Move. He, he didn't. He wasn't cream. He like we just stood there and, <sighs> or even Shaq, who did, who did that really well. well. <laughs> he, he played Shaq was bigger. He right said, now, he, but, he, you know, he played against LSU, and he said, and he was talking about it. He says we're going to go into LSU, and he goes, and Shaq. Is without a doubt the best player in college that I'm going to face, and he says, "But I'm going to LSU, and I know that everybody can be beaten 
one time. Like, you know, and, and uh, he just outplayed him that day. He blocked the shot. He made shots over him. He just, it, you know, it just, it's, you know, Shaq wasn't as big as he is. You know, when we saw him no, in the pros. No, because college Shaq was yeah, squinty. Yeah, he was skinny Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there he goes. The wind just blew. He wasn't 320. No, he was not no, 320. No, no, no. Whatever he was rocking his last few years. Exactly. It was skinny Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, yeah. Sticks and bones. <laughs> it was funny because yeah, like, one of the things last time we talked to AD, we were gonna call AD here in about two minutes. Um, you know, was, we were talking to AD, and he's, you know, he was saying, you know, we were talking football, and he was saying, you know, unless the quarterbacks won the uh, won the Super Bowl, you know, what he thinks, you know, they 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 didn't achieve what they should achieve. And my thing is a team sport. I said, but if you think about things that way, what do you think about guys who've got multiple rings with, like like Shaq? Shaq's got rings with multiple teams. You know, uh, you mentioned uh, just a second ago, uh, Worthy. Okay. Worthy, multiple Worthy. rings with different teams. And I think to me, you know, a guy who's got multiple rings with different teams, and especially guys who played on, multi, you know, two or three teams and, and got rings, yeah, you've been put in certain situations, but you're bringing something to those teams that, that you know, that's very special. Usually you were a difference maker. Right. You were that's, a that's difference way maker. I, that's no, I, and I don't think there's any arguing that, for instance, Shaq was a difference maker in L.A. and in Miami. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And, and he did went, he win one and, in Boston? Uh, he didn't win one in Boston, and uh, he, but he did go to the finals with Orlando. Yes, that's true. Yes, Back yeah. in the olden days. Yeah, yeah. so... Here's a guy. Here's a guy who made it to the big during, dance during multiple the, times during that brief window where Houston <laughs> got to have some fun. Yes, where the Rockets got to win a couple while Jordan was striking out in the minors. Uh, that's right. He decided to go, play, to go play some baseball. Now you better, give, you, better, you better get back to the hardwood. Let me give AD, let's give AD a call. like to welcome Anthony Davis, NFL great, USC alum, five-time national champion at USC, five-time All-American at USC, regular contributor to the show here at Swoops World. How you doing, AD? Glad to have you back. Doing fine. How are you tonight? Doing great, man. It's always, it's always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you and talk about what's happening in the, in the world out there these days. And... Uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on out there. <laughs> but you always have your finger on the pulse, man. That's what we like. That's what we like to know, man. <laughs> I keep up on a lot of stuff. All right. Not, 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 not that I really want to, but it just happens that way. Always in my lap. Well, I, real, real quick, man, I, I just want to tell you something somebody told me this week. I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. Said that they ran into somebody uh, uh, that knew you came on our show, and they they had listened recently, and and said they could not believe, could not believe that you are not in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame, and that your jersey has not been uh, retired over USC. I know you're you're humble about that, but uh, the guy had a good point. I mean, he said uh, you know you uh, you know you played in the era of the greatest, uh, some of the greatest teams, the greatest teams SC's ever had. Uh, it played, and you had. Two of the, the biggest games, probably in all of collegiate football history, and uh, the fact that your jersey's not retired over there, he thought was uh, was just an abomination. And I thought you should know that, brother. Well, it's really nice of him to think that way. You know, I get, I'm getting a lot of that these calls and people lately about 
the, the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame and the jersey. And and then a lot of people just assumed I was in there, you know, because of just the, of the comp- team complimentary and individual compliments. You know, being on five t- five national champions, All-American both, and possibly playing in the greatest game, you know, USC versus Northern 1974, then also the individual game of 1972, six touchdowns, 368 yards. So, you know, I always thought, you know, when I left, somebody would do, I'll do that, or duplicate it team-wise, individual-wise, but I haven't seen it happen yet. So uh, I assume that's what people think, you know, that's one of the because if you just think about the three straight Rose Bowls, people just assume I was in there. I mean, that's what I've always gotten. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was told, man. So I, I, I wanted you to know that, uh, you know, uh, when, I, when I get a chance to chat with people or, or hear things like that, I'd like to pass that on to you and, and just let you know that there's people out there who, uh, who remember the great AD and what you did and what you accomplished for the, for the university <laughs> there, man. <laughs> well, you know, I think something happened one day. You know, I mean, uh, I hope I, I would love to be in the Hall of Fame, and, and, and it would be great to have my jersey uh, retired for some reason. I really don't see anybody ever wearing it. All I saw all the time I ever go to the games, I see somebody wearing the jersey. You know, he's not on the field and he's pushed back. So I don't know what that's about. But uh, hopefully one day that'll come about. Well, let's 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 get right into some some of the subjects today, man. Uh, uh, Ravens have released Bernard Rice uh, because he got arrested this week for DUI, and uh, apparently they've they've. Uh, they're on a. They've been on a kind of a kick since uh, the Ray Rice thing, where they are just uh, the moment guys are getting arrested uh, in the off season here, they uh, you know they're uh, cut, terminating their contracts. Uh, but here's the thing, uh, out of the since including Ray Rice, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight people have been arrested off the Ravens, and they've all been released. Uh, but the outcome, of a lot of those things, I think half of them the charges were dropped, or. Um, the case was dismissed. Uh, two of them. Uh, there's no, there's nothing's happened yet. The, the last two, Victor Hampton and Bernard uh, uh, Pierce, and uh, you know Ray Rice took a, a pre-trial diversion program, which is really a, a nothing thing. Uh, as as an as an employee, which you are for uh, you know that team, uh, and you know you belong to the players' association. Is it fair for a guy to get fired from his job before uh, the outcome has? I think only one of these ones looks like. Uh, uh, I don't think any of these have actually been concluded. It looks like a guy was indicted, uh, but I don't know what the outcome of that. Well, that was Terrence Cody. I don't think the trial's going to that. So uh, being terminated before the uh, the outcome, uh, before there's uh, you know there's any uh, uh, you know legal legal issues settled, uh, you think that's fair as as a, as a player, as a member of the Players Association? Let me say this to you. This is just a unique situation with these four these players and what's going on. Look, they, they very, they've all been aware of all this, the Agent Peterson situation, the Ray Rice situation, you know, the, the drug situation, the late-night exurgents out there. Let me, let me say this to you. These guys know better. They know that the league is going to protect their brand. They know you can't go out hanging out at 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning, whatever it is you're doing drinking. You represent the brand of the National Football League. These owners, and they're going to protect their sponsors. They don't want hooligans and thug mentalities out there. And another thing that really bothers me as a former player, the fact that they're African-American ballplayers, the most of them, that's appalling. 
hey, listen, I know a lot of you haven't had any proper upbringings and have a father around. You've had enough time to realize that it's been a privilege to get this kind of money in play. And far as I'm saying, if you're going to drink and take dope and do everything else to mess your body up, and knowing that it's tough enough to keep your body prepared to play every weekend, why do you do this in the off season? You know that they're going to come down on you. If you smell trouble, go home. Mm -hmm. I mean, why be out? And, and as you know, that some of the, the law enforcement knows the, the situation with the NFL is going on. If you're going to get out there and be vulnerable to do that, shame on you. If I'm owner of the teams, I'm getting rid of you too because this is going to carry over. I mean, so therefore, if, if, if you're just getting caught drinking like that now, you've been doing it for a while. That's what it tells me. Well, my, my Bernard, Bernard Pierce, he has no excuse to be doing anything out of line. The only reason he got to really step into the limelight this year is because Ray Rice had to take a seat for stepping out the law. I, I, you know, I, I, I understand. My, 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 my question is, I, I'm not condoning. I'm not. I'm not condoning any behavior, any of the behaviors here. My, my question is, is, is fairness as an employee. Okay, so Aaron Hernandez. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> you know, to, 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 to get to, to get fired uh -huh. before before an investigate just to get fired. He got fired. Uh, okay, Bernard Pierce got fired because he got arrested. You know, lots of times people get arrested and uh, no charges are brought. Uh, you know, you know, there, there, you, know some, you know, some places you work, they have, they, they do have conduct conduct standards, and they say conduct unbecoming of a, an individual. And I know the military has that and stuff too. But there's an investigation that's done. Uh, they don't just go by the fact that you got arrested, and they, it seems like the Ravens. And, and this isn't this isn't this isn't uh, throughout the NFL. This is the Ravens uh, specifically that are, that are being this aggressive right now. And you think that's okay, well, you listen, think that's fair? Listen, listen. It varies from team to team, but I can tell you, behind the scenes, there's been other issues, and they're not exposing that. There's something up this guy. They, they've monitored this, these guys' behavior. A lot of times people get cut, and you don't even hear about it publicly, but they monitor your behavior. Just because it doesn't go public and you don't hear it, but don't mean that something's going on. I've been in situations where I've known guys get cut because of their behavior is bad and never hit the press. So th 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 there's been a pattern with this guy for them to do that. And on top of the fact that I told you, they're going to protect their brand. And it varies from organizations. Yeah, it's unfair if you get arrested if that's all that's going on. But there's a pattern there. That's all I'm saying. It's a pattern. And, and you know something? These NFL team owners, they're not going to deal with the pattern. They're going to get rid of you, period, because there's always somebody ready to replace you. What I don't get about these ball players, they don't get it. Matter of fact, a lot of them are lucky to be in the right place right now because there's always somebody going to replace you. And like so, I've told you all before these other brands, this guy's walking the streets to play in the National Football League. Okay, so I'm just saying there's always somebody to replace you. So, in, in my, and I, I guarantee you, if you really dug deeper in this situation, there's a pattern with this guy. There's a pattern. Yeah. Just because he didn't get busted a lot. And let me tell you something. These owners in NFL Player Association, NFL Securities, hey, they know what you're doing. You know, because if you get out of line and you get the, the teams get the reports, they're going to let you go. That's it. Especially these days with what's been going on. They're going to protect their money. And if they seem that you're going to downgrade the National Football League, you're out of there. I bet yeah. you I bet you all the team in China, there's something else going on, and they know the pattern. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I can't, you know, I don't have any insight into what Bernard Pierce may or may not have done prior to this, but of the eight Ravens players that you mentioned, Swoop, mm-hmm. um, they were, Ray Rice was the first on that list, yes? Yes. Chronologically speaking? Yes. Right. And how long before Ray Rice got arrested until he actually, until that video came out and the NFL really came down hard on it? What was the time frame there? Two months? I don't know the time frame on that, but the, based on the article I read, uh-huh. they started hammering guys after the Ray Rice. Thing. Yeah, this is their this yeah. is their. Uh, so this isn't just that you know there, there's then there's that part in play as well. There, I'm sure that every one of these guys has set off some red flags somewhere within the organization at some point, but also absolutely. the Ravens absolutely boned their handling of absolutely. Ray Rice. Uh, and, and I this and is agree, the Ravens but, and the but, NFL uh, trying uh, to make amends for that in public you. opinion. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, with some of these knuckleheads in the NFL, I guarantee you that their agents and personal representatives told these guys, you see what they did to Adrian Peterson, you see what they did to Andre to Rice, you, saw what, you see what they've done to these guys. Be careful, beware of it, protect your contract, protect your endorsement. I'm sure that's been many conversations a lot of these offices in the offseason. Guarantee yeah. you on that. And, and some of these knuckleheads disregard what these people say, and they end up still falling in the same traps. And, you know, we, so have, we have you, this idea of, of There's been many conversations, because I know some people who represent and have had these conversations. Yeah. Okay, so I'm but just telling you, my these point. guys are sensitive. And yeah, your point is, is given, but I'm telling you, I believe, and I'll take this to the bank, that has been patterns with these guys who are getting released just because you haven't heard about it in the press. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I understand that. But my, my point that I'm trying to make on this one, based on what T-Bone was talking about, is, yeah, they, 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 they screwed the pooch on Ray Rice. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> since then, see, my, my thing is, is, you're firing me because you didn't do the right thing for the guy the mm-hmm. guy yeah, that came crap. before me? It's That's like a bunch of bullshit. Punish, it's like it's punishing just a, bunch of bullshit. a team right. next week for <laughs> having made, missed a call the week before. Exactly. It's crap. <laughs> it is crap. But, I mean, here's the deal. Like, you know, charges were dropped in most of these cases. Guys were never convicted, whatever. They still got canned. Which know. happens. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, happens I mean, in, in all industries. Yeah, I understand it that. It absolutely does. But I mean, after they've investigated, after not, not the charges are dropped. I yeah. mean, I've got, you know, I, you guys know what live scan is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the deal where they fingerprint you. And mm-hmm. the, basically, your employer is plugged into your criminal record, not just from the past, but from this day forward. And if you ever mess up and get arrested for anything, your employer has a friggin' email the very next morning from the DOJ or the FBI because all this crap. So, like, I mean, I have coworkers who've gotten a DUI and they've gotten canned, this, you know, before yeah, before yeah, they yeah, ever had their day in court or with the DMV. That, that's the reason like I understand that. about these guys. You can't do anything anyway. Everybody's watching you. You can't go sit on the sidewalk. But, everybody's seeing you. So I'm just saying, why are you going to be a high-profile athlete in the National Football to run around running the streets? Somebody's going to see you. You should have your asses at home. Should be in no casinos with your with your wife slapping her against the wall. Shouldn't he be in there doing that? And, and, and probably bo- and both of them were in the wrong anyway with the Ray Rice situation. They both shouldn't have been in that casino drinking and walking around slapping each other because they both were slapping each other. It just that Ray got the biggest slap. There's no reason you should be out anywhere after at a certain hour. Yeah. And also. You got to remember these teams and these trainers and these doctors. Look, if you're drinking, and abusing your body, you're not going to be able to perform. 
That's a, and, and that just comes in. I mean, I, I know that's a myth, but in, in a lot of people's mind, the perception is, hey, if you're going to abuse yourself, take alcohol, take dope, that's going to affect your performance on the field. So if they see a pattern, a trend coming, you're going to break down one day, and eventually you're going to cost it. So instead of dealing with all that, we're going to get rid of you. Yeah. And that's where, and that's and that's what it's about. And and, and, and you're right, T-Bone. Hey, what, what, once once they pop you, before you even get out of bed, is it it's just sitting on the on your boss's desk? Well, you know what? My my, my opinion is, uh, if if you're an employee, I think the players' association should uh, should step up and say, listen, these guys may need to go, but uh, firing them before there yeah. before there's a, a legitimate investigation. That's that's, that's a battle of, that they're just not. Yeah. Publicly willing this, to fight right now, I think. Trying this, to go out this, and okay, this is sports, man. This is a physical stuff. sports business. If they see you abusing yourself, there's a trend. You know, you know, if you if you establish a trend, you're gone. You, you're just gone because every, it, it's, it's tough enough just to stay in shape and stay focused mentally and physically. But if you're out there abusing yourself, drinking smoking weed, taking coke, whatever you're doing out there, late hours of the night. I mean, hey, look, you're a committed athlete. You shouldn't be sitting out 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning getting behind a car. You should be. But, you know, but the the thing is, this is the off-season, man. This is off-season. It doesn't matter. Here's here's the thing with these athletes. The thing I just still will never understand. It's like, hey, you know what? If you're 25 and you want to go party because you're at the top of your – if that's like your peak of everything, like you can get hammered and not be hung over the next day. You can, you know, pull bitches still because you still look good. You can make all this money and go party on all these fancy places. Have a freaking posse. Have a driver and driver. somebody to carry your gun for you and yeah. somebody what, to hold your you weed doing? for you. Have a have fucking posse. It's not that hard. Well, I, I agree with That's you. That's the I, biggest I, thing. I agree. Just every time that part, happens. That part I agree with you. Holy on. crap. But I'm telling How you, are you guys there, still there, this there are very few guys uh, that are going to uh, uh, chill in the offseason. I mean, half those guys are out of shape when they come back to, to the training camp. And it's not, and not and some of them are just not, it's not from partying. It's just sitting around eating McDonald's. Listen to me, Keith. Listen to me, Kiss and T-Bone. Listen. When they're paying these guys year-round, year-round now, it ain't like when I was playing. A lot of these guys, I was getting paid year-round. I was one of the first guys to get, do, do all that stuff. But when I was playing, guys had to work in the off-season. But these guys today, they're getting paid year-round. So when you're getting paid year-round, there becomes an obligation responsibility for you to do the right thing. You sign your name on the line. So, therefore, if you're doing the season, it's just as important as the offseason. They expect you to train. They expect you to lift weights. They, got to, they expect you to go to the mini camps and, everything, and be available for stuff. They don't want to be hearing about you. Well, you know, the last three months my man has been drinking almost every weekend, heavily drinking for three straight months. They, that's the trend. That's why a lot of these guys get released is what I'm trying to tell you. They expect you to maintain a regiment in the offseason, especially if you get millions of dollars. Well, if you're part of our brand, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna abide by the brand. That's what I'm saying to you. I mean, if you want to walk around walk around with loaded guns and stuff, knowing you might get caught, if you want to sit around and drink four or five shots and get behind your Ferrari and run into a tree, no, you have you have one of your. If, if you're making this money, you pay your posse to drive you home. That's not drinking, or just have a cab, or order you a limo to bring you go back and forth. That's the kind of money some of these guys make. But who's, no, but, who's but you, have to, be, you have to be responsible in playing in the league, period, in all the leagues. 
I don't get these knuckleheads. And I'm sure the public will agree with me on that. I'm telling you. You know, you know I mean, come on. You, you, when you perform, you perform at the top level. You know, and some guys can get away with a little bit, you know, you can know, be a little hungover and you can go and perform. But, I, b- but believe me, that's going to catch up with mm-hmm. you. It the is. older you get, it's going to catch up with you. Oh, there's without, without there's a, a segment of the population that likes sports that want to see guys go out there and give it their all every time, and there's a segment there's a segment of the population that looks at sports as celebrity, and they want to see these people go out and party, and you know and they make wanna, it rain. And they, when they see them, they want to buy them a drink, yeah, and you know yeah. and they want to see the you know stacks on stacks on stacks, and they want to see the bottles of Cristal and all that stuff, you know people. But, the, the the fan base is stupid either way because these people are still just people. <laughs> but I mean, you got a bunch of crazy expectations being thrown at all these guys. Yeah, and, and, it's just and bizarre. I agree, and I, and I and I understand all that, and, and I, I'm not saying I support what these guys are getting in trouble for. I, my only thing is, as which even if they determine that these guys need to be determined, I'm just saying that. To me, to fire a guy day one or day two, just to me, just doesn't seem Well, I get what right. you're saying. I get, you, I, I get what you're saying, Keith. But I'm telling you, I'm betting all the tea in China, that this guy and these guys who get released, they got trends. They're being watched. Trust me. Why do you think Dez Bryant's having problems with Dallas? Even though he's the, one of the top receivers or the best receiver in the league, there's a trend with him. Why they win it? A lot of I think it's really why he's having problems with his contract. If these guys have trips, that's why that's why they're not on the team. You're right. You, look, technically you're right, but in terms of the NFL and their product, they're not going to let you get away with that. If they sense that you're going to be a detriment to the team, you're out of there. That's what you're seeing. Let's change. Let's change here real quick. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we we talk. We're still on the NFL. Uh, we talk about, uh, you know, quite a bit of times we've talked about, uh, you know, how the longevity of the career, uh, the, the injuries that come, can, can occur, and, and uh, life after sports. You had a kid this week, uh, Chris Borland, 49er. He, he stepped up last year as a rookie, uh, looked real well. They, had, they said, he, you know, he shined all year, all year long. I, I think he, he took over for somebody who got injured. And uh, saw, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of years ahead for this kid. And uh, at 24 years old, he, he decided to retire. He said he retired based on his thoughts of uh, potential uh, concussions. And uh, after talking to family, friends, teammates, uh, past uh, you know, current teammates and people who've retired ahead of him, uh, he made the decision that uh, it wasn't worth the risk, so he retired. And I know you, you've done a lot of concussions and stuff. What were your thoughts when you heard this? Well, first of all, you know, I took I, I took my hat to him uh, to, to stand up and do what he did. Uh, you know, a lot of people can't afford, even though people might know the risk of playing pro football, just collision football like they, like it is. He stood up and he realized the consequences. I mean, and, and and some people have to play because they need the money. Obviously, he didn't need it, but also uh, there is a price to play when you play for pro football. I say it in my book, and I talk about it in my book, Kickoff Concussion. And I'm telling you, he's a smart kid. And anybody who thinks that if you don't put a, if you put a helmet on your head playing pro football with no problems, you're smoking something. Because anybody that puts a helmet, they're going to have brain trauma. Some are more, some less, but you're going to have trauma. There's one, you know, uh, I heard was a guy named John Lynch. He played with the Broncos and the Buccaneers. And he said he never had a concussion. Where, where, what planet he's on? 
he's had some brain trauma. Anybody puts him on his brain. And what he, for this guy to do what he did this past week, he, he, he's right. I mean, look, to play the position he's playing linebacker, yep. that's one of the main, that's that's one of the thud main after positions. Thud after thud after thud. Well, here's, here's, pop, pop, here's pop, pop, pop. So I'm just telling you, what he did was honorable. But also, some people say, man, I, I stayed in and made all that money. Well, at the end of the day, you might be wearing a bed. At the end of the day, you might have some severe, unreversible brain damage. You know, you might, you will develop CTE. That's what you will do. Question, uh, a question about that is, is uh, the, the NFL's uh, medical guy or whatever uh, spoke and said that, uh, you know, they've done all they, they've, they've, the safety of the NFL, the safest it's ever been. Uh, you know, concussions are, are, are down. Uh, all these things are in place. Do you think he made a, a, a quick judgment call or, uh, you know, you said you're, you, you, you think he did the honorable thing? You, you, I mean, it's an individual choice. I mean, your health, you have to take charge of your own health, and it's an individual choice. But uh, based on uh, all the changes that have been made in the, in the sport, do you think there's, uh, do you think there's uh, some validity to the uh, NFL statement on that? Let me say with the NFL, the NFL situation. Look, I've been, I've been a part of a brain study for seven years. I'm the first guy of a Dr. Amos brain study. 115 ball players. Matter of fact, the doctor even called me the father of his brain study. <laughs> I think that was a compliment. But the bottom line is this: Yeah, they've been improving from a from a technical standpoint. Helmets. Let me tell you something. You know how an egg rattles in a shell or in a bowl? It doesn't matter what you put around a helmet. Your head. You put a tank around your head. When that brain shakes, and it shakes and shakes, it's gonna come out of that bowl eventually. And it varies from player to player. So, yeah, what, what they said the NFL said, that's right. But overall, at the end of the day, the longer you play, the more the trauma. The longer you play, the more the damage. Is it repairable? Well, the main thing is, like, you take Dr. Daniel Amos in his clinic, and what he states, what, what he would like to do is have everyone on his supplement program, and I don't know why the NFL doesn't embrace a man like this, and they all should co collaborate together on this, this issue, is that if you're gonna get if you're gonna play football with the brain trauma, you should be under the supplement program. So at least when you get you get your head kicked in doing it all on every Sunday, at least when you come out of the game, at least you're on this program and you're in the rehabilitation of your brain, of the tr trauma. You know these guys can say what they want about world improvers, but let me tell you something. It doesn't matter when you collide like that. That's a violent sport. When you hit like that, there's gonna be some consequences, and it varies from player to player. No, everyone who puts a helmet on has brain trauma, period. So they can try to spin it all they want, and you can see the numbers are dropping overall in the long run. A lot of kids are not playing football like they used to. And don't get me wrong, you have problems with trauma in other sports too. Soccer, of course, MMA, you know, boxing, you know, hockey. But the bottom line is what this kid did this week, he just realized that he's going to be some consequences. You know, I mean, it's amazing that a lot of a lot of other players don't understand it. you got to realize that when you put that helmet on, you're going to pay the price for it. You might get the money, or you're going to be able to enjoy that money down the road. That's the key. Or you're going to have quality of life down the road. So, See, so I'm, you, I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate. You know, you know, I had concussions, but the bottom line is 
I got out in time, not realizing I got out at the right time. And I've seen significant changes in me since I've been on the supplement program. And what he's trying to do is being preventative by doing what he did. And he's actually done his research. Do you think that sports that uh, are, that run the risk of brain injuries should we should we should drop them? Should we eliminate them? Well, I mean, you know, if you, if you let certain doctors like Doctor Amen talk, <laughs> football might might be uh, abolished on how he thinks, but because because of the, the the effects that it does to you, you know, if you look look for example, look at Julian Seau played 19 years in the National Football League. You can't play 19 years of that high collision sport like that and not have some consequences. And he did. Jackie and, Slater uh, played 20. And he played 20. And I, and, I, and, I, and I know Jackie. Jackie played with me in my, his rookie year. And I hope Jackie's trying to take care of himself. I, I try to reach out to him, to him particularly, and say, you need to go get your brain scanned, see where it is, where you are. Because let me tell you something, you can go – all through, like you go through your 40s and 50s, and all of a sudden it hits you over, all of a sudden. Then eventually you deteriorate real quick if you're not treating that brain. Alzheimer's kicks in real quick. And amongst us ball players, we have pre Alzheimer's. Some guys they start developing in their early, late 40s, early 50s. So there's a lot of stuff that comes with the traumatic hit hits that we've taken on the field. You know, so I'm just saying to you Slater played 20, Sale played 19, Marcus Allen played 17. I mean, but you, you got to realize these guys have played that long, 10-plus years. You're going to develop some issues down the road. No one escapes it, trust me. There's something wrong up there. Well, here's, here's my issue. Here's my issue. If we if – we, we're, we're talking about adults making decisions for themselves. Borland made a, a decision as an, as an adult. Uh, there's risks involved in every sport. Now, not, not necessarily traumatic brain injury, but there's risks involved in every sport. Uh, your body takes a toll. That's just the nature of sports. Right. Uh, do we, we, we eliminate sports or we let people make a, 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 a choice, a, an, adult, an adult decision on whether or not they want to play, play these games? I mean, there's so many, there's so many sports out there where you really, the, the, the chance of – Getting hit in the head and, and damaging your brain is great. I mean, even baseball, cricket. You, I mean, you can go down the line. Auto racing. I mean, guys, get, you know, the the list goes on. And uh, and I I don't see why, uh, you know, in a free society, uh, you know, you talk about you know, there's people that say we should eliminate it. I, I think in a free society, I think people have that choice and whether or not they want to play or not, and and that's up to them. And then if the masses decide they don't want to play, they can't get enough players to play, then I think it'll fade away. But um, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, I, I hear a lot of this on a lot of the shows now where in a lot of the, you know, the mothers will talk, call in and talk. And I don't want my kid playing this sport. I don't want my kid playing that sport. And I understand that. But when we're talking about on the professional level, level, we're talking about adults. And, uh, I mean, you can't even get into MMA, MMA until you're an adult. You can, you, I mean, I know there's like boxing, uh, junior, junior golden gloves and stuff like that. And things like that where, yeah, you, their parents put their kids at risk. But I think when you're an adult, you have the right to make a, a legitimate decision and just like Borland did. And if you decide you want to play and you understand the risks, so be it. Uh, that's just, you know, that's the dangers. I mean, you know, the, no, matter what, no matter what profession you go in, um, you know, you got firefighters and police officers and uh, military men, and, and there's dangers to all of those. And, uh, you know, we can't, we can't, there's certain, you know, I know they're not sports, but uh, if people want to make those choices to go into those professions, so be it. 
You know, you know, everything you said, I totally agree with it. Armed forces, firemen, football, boxing, hockey, you, you, you name it, soccer. I'm just saying there's a risk in every sport, right. every sport. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is when you get in the game of football, and since we talk about the subject of football, you know, college, NFL, whatever, the bottom line is you got to know the consequences. Now, now with all the information that's come out, now you got no excuse. When you go play pro football or you play college football, you know what, what, what can happen. There's a price to be paid. The more the damage, the more the hits, the more the damage. So I'm just saying it's a great game, but it's a dangerous game. You see? And, and, and it's a very high volatile game. So knowing you got to know what you're going into and be ready for the, 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 the circumstance. Because anybody gets in a boxing ring who boxes, they know. If their brains will be scrambled if you play, if, if, if you're going to fight long enough. No one escapes that. Look, look at my poor, my, my poor man, Muhammad Ali. So I'm just saying, uh, he's in facility. You know, he's, he's, he, he can't facilitate himself anymore. Right. So, so, so I'm just saying, to you, everybody knows the risk. All, I, all I'm advocating is know your risk. Know what you're getting into. No one's twisting your arm. If you want to stay in there long, that's your that's, that's your business. If you want to get out of the game real quick, that's your business. Like this young this kid did today, or this week. Absolutely. He made a decision that you know something. I know down the road, based on the research I've done, the short research and talking to certain people, both in the game and out of the game, and doctors, they told him the consequences of playing pro pro football. Now you can play. You come out pretty good. Play five or six years, get out. But you can have some damage, or you can just walk away and you'd be okay. But all I'm stating is, is that no one escapes the trauma of playing the game. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. As Steve Young, as Troy Aikman, as Jim McMahon, as Joe Namath. So I'm just telling you, you know, Tony Dorsett. So I'm just telling you, the longer you play, the more the trauma, and it varies from player to player. That's all I'm really stating. And he should be on a supplement program. And what I strongly advocate, if any of you NFL people are listening, you should embrace a guy like a Dr. Daniel Amen, who has a supplement program, who's helped me traditionally and a lot of my colleagues. And he believes that the league should embrace the supplement program for these, these, with, with these uh, players with a hyperbaric chamber along with these supplements. That helps him. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go to bat for him all the time because let me tell you something. This game is brutal. I mean, have you seen those hits? Have you ever been on the sideline and watched those hits? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? I mean, I enjoyed the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know something? You know some T-bone is fools. Let me tell you something. Basically, our society loves this gladiator type Blood atmosphere. sport, man. They love the blood sport. I mean, they yeah. love to come out and see guys target each other and knock the crap out of each other. That's just part of our society. Yeah. But I'm just saying to, to all the guys who play the game, you're going to pay you're gonna pay a price for that. Period. Uh, absolutely. And, 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 you know, the thing is, education is a good thing. And, and, and I think people should know what they're getting into when, they, when, they're, when, they're, when they're doing it. And, and, and I don't knock anybody for, 
for understanding the risks involved. I think you should yeah. know the risks involved. Yeah. I mean, I got my bell rung quite a few times. Oh, how many times? How many times did somebody hold the thumb? I, 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 I didn't get my bell rung too many times that I stopped understanding that force equals mass times acceleration <laughs> and that the dudes get bigger and faster and stronger every year, which means that that F is a lot more M times a lot more A every year. Sometimes you do sound ignorant. <laughs> Well, I, listen. I I remember, you know, we I, a couple times. One of the things we one of the things we always used to do, especially when I played on the team that had white helmets, it was always to look at how many different colored scuff marks oh. you had there from all the teams you played against, right? So the helmet to helmet contact, right there and there. Uh, and while while we're on the subject of concussion, uh, you know, you're a movie star now. I hear you're in a movie with uh, with Will Smith, uh, talking about concussions. Well, basically, the movie's called Concussion, and uh, I play a little role uh, in the film. And uh, Will Smith plays the, the role of Dr. Uh, Amalo, Bennett Amalo, who found the CTE enzyme that, that develops in the brain who kills it, who, who they found in uh, Mike Webster's brain and uh, Andre Waters and Dave Durison and also Junior Seau. And the thing is, he plays the, the role where the fact that he's being discredited by the, the league, the fact that what his, his research found that what really would happen to us, and they discarded it, which led to the lawsuit in the National Football League, where, you know, I played a role, and, and, and Sony Pictures has done it, and I think it's going to be a historical piece. It will expose a lot of stuff, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. It's coming out in December this year. Um, right, right in the middle of playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, see, Doctor Bennett Amato has as a as a, a distinct accent. Is, uh, is Will able to pull that off or what? Yeah, Will did pretty good. You know, Will, Will did pretty good. I mean, he's, he plays Nigerian, you know, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> 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 but but you know, Doctor Amato, he is. You know he's he's a brain man in real life. I mean he really knows his research. He did he did. I mean the man is amazing. So uh, you know I saw a special. I saw a, a, a documentary uh, that he's involved. I mean he's that he plays a big part in this documentary. And um, you know he he was kind of uh, became an outcast because he he pursued this. He discovered this uh, this this. This thing in the, in the brains uh, of these people uh, who had uh, died uh, played played the NFL, uh, and uh, you know the, there were people who tried tried to discredit him. They couldn't. Uh, they tried to make him an outcast. And they can't. Uh, the man knows his stuff. They tried to say you know he wasn't educated here. He's educated in uh, Nigeria. And, you know the thing is the guy is a brilliant man. And he was uh, I think he was a coroner and. Uh, they were trying to talk about it was voodoo doctor and voodoo medicine. I mean, crazy stuff. Yeah. No, this man is a brilliant doctor. Uh, uh, Will Smith embraced this role and, and hit a home run with it. And I'm telling you, it's going to be, it's going to be eye opening. I'm telling you, this man's done some great work. And I'm telling you, and everybody's followed his studies and realized that what they have is monumental in terms of this brain traumatic stuff that goes on. And not only in football, all across the board. You know, from the soldiers coming home uh, to all kind of issues and stuff with, with, with traumatic brain injury. So I'm just saying he found a lot of, done a lot of research, and it brought it to the point where he, he's gotten everybody's attention. Nice. 
Last but not least, uh, you know, you, you talk about uh, Dr. Amen and you talk about he puts you on supplements and stuff like that. Is there any a, a specific diet that goes along with this? Well, of course, you know, when, you, when you're rehabilitating your, your, your brain, uh, from what I've learned from uh, Dr. Amen and stuff is the fact that, you know, you have to have a good diet. He, you know, fruits, vegetables, high protein, that which I'm on. And, of course, you know, uh, uh, I deal with not only Dr. Uh, Amy, but I deal with a woman by the name of Dr. Kristen Willemar, who, who basically really turned me on to the Whole Foods chain. And she advised me and sent me there to start taking a supplement called Solar Ray. And I take 2,000 grams of Solar Ray and 4,000, 5,000 grams of vitamin B12 with the rest of my supplements I take every day. You know, I take a, a, a high pharmaceutical fish. I take, uh, a, 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 I take supplements for blood flow in the brain, and I take overall vitamin, and I take a sleep supplement under this whole program. And so what I found taking the supplements at Whole Foods and eating the food there with my high-protein diet, I found it very, very important very amazing because everything's changed in terms of my system and I should have been eating this way for years but obviously I wasn't educated I was very naive and when I go into Whole Foods these people are genuinely helpful they talk to you they try to educate you and what I found that the meats especially poultry and chicken and and the beef what I the stories and the documents I've seen about how they treat these these animals and how they raise these animals pumping them with all the, the antibiotics and and, and, and all the other kind of stuff that we eat. If you saw the way, the way these animals are raised and what we eat, you don't want to. You don't even want to touch the meat. You don't ever want to see it. So when I go into Whole Foods, this is the best thing I go, got going for. And I really endorse people going there and eating there because I look at some other store bought meat and stuff that I have bought. And to this, it's unbelievable. So I feel much better. Yeah. I'm more focused on everything, so I understand. I'm very, and I, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a, a health fanatic, but based on what I've been through for my brain injury, I'm a gastric bypass per person. I'm on a high protein thing. Uh, that's my place, and I advocate that big time because when I walk in that store, of course, you know people recognize me and stuff when I come in because you know got some big SC fans or whatever. But they're so helpful, and they want people to really know this is what. We need to be putting in our bodies, and they, and they, the people literally educate you there, educate you there on, on on everything you ask them. They go out of their way to help you, and it, it, it seems like it's a religious cult type of thing, but they want they want people to be aware of what they're putting in their bodies. Well, you, uh, if, if that's if that's a route, you should uh, check out a movie called Food Inc. and uh, Inc. Food Incorporated. And, uh, oh, absolutely! It will uh, you will enlighten you on uh, some of the things you talked about. You will uh, you will see some of the some of the things there, and and, and you'll I think you I think you'll get a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I get it every time because when I go in there, uh, it's always an experience because uh, people in the meat department they talk to me about it. People in the vegetable department they talk to me about it. They they they, they, they we talk to me about the supplements and the stuff and, and the, the supplements I take blends perfectly with the supplement I take from Amen. So Dr. Willemar and Amen have always told me the blends and stuff that I'm I'm taking. So uh you know, I'm not I'm not 
I'm not really preaching it. I have no endorsement with these people, but I'm just telling you that uh, I'm just sharing this with the public that you need to check them out. Know what you're eating. <laughs> because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Because if you eat the wrong stuff, you might walk out of your house with horns growing out of your head. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, you might, you, you might look like one of them Texas Longhorns if you eat the wrong stuff. <laughs> You'd be walking out of the house talking about horns. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, God. I got to be careful because I'm around Keith after he's been drinking beer. So I don't want him to look at me and think, hey. You know, you know, Keith is from Oklahoma pastor. You know, you know, Oklahoma pastor. AD, as always, it's, it's a good time talking to you, man. It's always a pleasure, and, and we get to, to to discuss some cool things here and get some good insight on uh, on your on your vision on uh, what, what's happening out there in the world. And we always appreciate having a chance to chat, brother. Well, my pleasure. T Bone Foosh, you guys have a good night. All right, you too, AD. Thanks a lot. Good night, That's the great Anthony Davis from uh, NFL fame and USC fame. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. Listen to some uh, Rooster Raw. This is called Oxnard. Back after this. Sugar beet rack in Oxnard. 
Hi, I'm Rebecca Romaine. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Psychotherapy, either too crazy or not crazy enough. It's true, it's the artist's catch 22. Well, I love your husband, but just for his words, a short little man with a sexy tight verse could give my man a pointer or two on how to love a woman who's loosened her screws. Did you get my postcard, Carrie? of my heart the one I mailed to you right before I jumped it's a million miles from Denver to Newark will I ever get there before I fall apart I'm an imposter at an Al-Anon group I need something stronger than this chicken soup to heal my addiction to anonymous praise To halt my quest for elusive fame Did you get my postcard carry from the edge of my heart? Toads. I do the show. I 
song about my mental state. Too bad it won't see any radio play. Guess the only way to get famous these days is to go gaga half naked at the cabaret. Did you get my postcard, Carrie? From the edge of my heart, the one I mailed to you right before I jumped. Talk Story Radio Network. This is Carrie Wade, and you're listening to Spoops World. Is it a constant spin? I ask as I begin to once again feel unsettled in my skin. Like 20 years, and their knees, their knees are for shit. Welcome back to Swoosh World on the Talk Star Radio Network. Oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, now. You, are you ready, or should we uh, give it a little bit? We, uh, hey, whatever. Let me tell you about our, our good friend, Jack Nunn. And for all your fitness needs, go see Jack Nunn over at Rowworks, R-O-W-O-R-X Fitness, right here in the city of Long Beach. He's got indoor rowing, boot camp, personal training, and much, much more. He also has a triathlon uh, uh, training camp too, and he, every time I open up Facebook, Jack has completed some marathon or half marathon or triathlon or whatnot, and uh, he trains people to do the same thing. But he also trains just your everyday guy, just get in shape, stay in shape, or achieve whatever your fitness goals. Located at 5750 Boathouse Lane here in Long Beach, or you can go to the website www.roworx.com, or give him a call at five six two. 688-1716. Let them know the Swoops World sent you, and your first week is free. Audible.com. Audible.com. Uh, check it out. Audibletrial.com forward slash Swoops World will uh, take you to will take you to the uh, to the, the site where you can download your first book for free. Exactly. Uh, Audible is a service that provides you know online uh, or. Um, Audiobooks, and there are tons and tons of. In fact, oddly enough, I was at this this party at over the weekend. Look at you, I party got, animal! I got dragged. I got dragged. But at, in the conversation, I ended up having this conversation with somebody who was commuting. Uh, had a long commute from here in the Long Beach area south, and uh, I was like, "Oh, that sucks. That sucks." Well, I said, uh, "You know what? I just put on the Audible." And so we, then we started comparing, like, what books is she listening to? What books am I listening to? Point is, there are lots of, there are probably more opportunities to listen to a book than you probably realize. Uh, so, and, and there's over 250,000 titles with lots and lots of great talent reading or performing, in some cases, uh, these books. I, I had one book that was, you know, well acclaimed enough that they could make enough money that they had like five, six different actors reading the different parts. Nice. Very enjoyable. So uh, there's lots and lots of great ways to go about that. Check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Swoops World. You go that way, Swoops World will earn a few pennies, 
and uh, you'll be able to listen to a whole bunch of great books. It's interesting because there there are books that I I, I I I enjoy listening to a lot of these books. There still are books that I want to actually hold and read, you mm. know. And, and uh, so there 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 are several times that I know that they're in the Audible bookstore, but I <laughs> have just you know. A, Fought that urge to yeah, listen to it because yeah. I want to actually sit there and read it. So uh, there's a couple I want to talk to you about in a little bit. And uh, you too, man. I, I see what your guys' thoughts on, uh, on a couple of these uh, classics, uh, whether or not <laughs> whether they're worth sitting down reading. Because uh, a couple of them I, I've never read, but uh, I should have read type of thing. Mm. You, know, those, you know, those things that you, know, you should have read. Those ones that you're supposed to get exposed to at yes, some point. Yes, exactly. And growing so, up in this culture. <laughs> spot on, brother. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah, uh, cliff notes for that. <laughs> right. Oh, good times, good times. I would have passed my uh, AP English exams if they had Audible when I was in high school. <laughs> it would have been easier. And there's, you know. If you read it or someone reads it to you, what's yeah, the what's the difference? It's just that That's when legit. I was in high school, you had to get like the twelve CD pack, you know. For a yeah. While. yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of <laughs> yeah. these books that we had to read, it was like, uh, yep, and that was expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know your parents were going to buy it for you. They're like, read the damn <laughs> read book. The book. That's how we did it. <laughs> they gave you a copy of the book. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know that sound. It's time for sports with T-Bone's timeout. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's timeout. Whoo, my goodness, here we are. It's freaking March Madness all of a sudden. It is. It came jumped up, up on us. came up in a hurry. Man. You know, well, what, I was thinking, you know what I was thinking about is how come... The NCAA and March Madness, and how come? How come they don't all tie this into some sort of awesome just kickoff, tying into St. Patty's Day? I, it seems to me they're missing a huge opportunity <laughs> yeah, because St. Patty's because Day. Nobody's going to be watching the games on St. Patty's Day unless you've got a good re- like tie it all in. It seems like the, it seems like they're missing out. Think about how college students, beers, basketball. Here's how you tie it in. You know how the uh, the NBA does those and the NFL does those throwback uniforms? Mm-hmm. If they started March Madness on St. Patty's Day, everybody's got green uniforms. There you go. That's how you tie it. That bunch be of college a kids running around. Horrible day to be a referee. But <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I'm all in favor. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know that any college student who likes to drink beer or watch basketball, has already blocked out probably both of those days to not go to class and or work. So... Title, that's what I'm saying. Like, might do as the well, kickoff you know, and the whole support do. the academic mission of the universities more appropriately by making them only take one day off of school. And hey, let's get drunk and watch basketball today. And then, then you can watch the rest of the games on your laptop while you're pretending to listen to your professor. Because <laughs> you know, we all, you know, we all. You know, know how for, for all those years we had to like watch the All Star game. We've talked about this it's a boring game, right? Uh-huh. Baseball, take your pick. Yeah. But they eventually figured that out. And so what they did was they put in a whole bunch of other stuff, the dunk contest, the home run derby. Like, I think, I, I honestly think that college basketball is missing out on an opportunity. This could be an opportunity to get the colleges 
doing some serious drinking games on the basketball court, or they could about they, the children. I know, but that's what I am they thinking about the children. I am drinking. thinking about the children. Half those college kids. This will get them too young to drink. This will get them excited. This will get them so. excited to attend college, and then excited to graduate college. Yeah. I think. The NCAA is missing an opportunity here. We, we had a, a work carnival on Friday <laughs> with a bunch of the schools got together. We had a little carnival. I ran a booth where you could win a goldfish if you made the ping pong ball into the My into father the, the right always won those things. Oh, man. <laughs> I had kids lined up like 30 deep to pay a dollar to play beer pong. It was hilarious. <laughs> you know, I didn't have them in a pyramid. I had them in a concentric circle formation. You know, kind of disguised it a little bit, but... A couple of people, a couple of the other staff came up to me. They're like, so we're teaching them how to play beer pong, huh? <laughs> we're giving them goldfish. That's, that's what goldfish, we're doing. Goldfish, man. That's, what it, that's where it was original. It was goldfish before it was beer pong. Dude, $102. Not even kidding. That's all you people with kids. That's your hard-earned money. They're blowing it on throwing ping pong balls into cups. Get used to it now, because when they go to college, they're still going to be doing it. Let me tell you, if you've been to any Catholic uh, carnival, (laughs) you have seen the ping pong ball and the goldfish thing and played it many a time. It's a great deal. (laughs) Especially because the pet store And the dimes and the cheap glasses, too. (laughs) The pet store was like, oh, yeah, just print something out. Let me know what it looks like. I give them the fish. I don't care. Yeah, we'll spare. We'll, we get we got goldfish to spare, man. They're feeder fish. Feeders. <laughs> yep. If you buy them one at a time, they charge you twenty two cents a piece. <laughs> you buy them in bulk, it's probably like you charge by the pound. Yeah. yeah. By the Speaking of pounds, you had your math going on here. Yeah, yeah, I did. You know, we had some unit conversion issues earlier in the show. Um, they made for an entertaining. We, good, we always have an entertaining time. Yeah, yeah. Scroll. I look, That's I, another I, thing. We I need, actually look at these day, the next day. And just we need an intern to go through all of the we need a, all of the scribbles in Starling. addition to in addition to charting, you know, yes. the the uh, brewski stuff. There's plenty of scribbles on. So way. here we are. It's March Madness, the first four, as they have decided to call it now, because remember when. Well, hell, you probably remember when it was like 32 teams in the basketball team. I remember when they, were play, when they were playing with orange baskets and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were peach baskets. Yeah, peach baskets, whatever. Some guy's barn. Some canatar. <laughs> Some guy's whatever. barn. All over. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. Didn't mean to offend your family <laughs> sensibilities. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> uh, um, that, was, uh, that, was, uh, that was PC. and Not like politically correct. It's pre-colored. <laughs> Short shorts. Deep, deep yes, tank yes, tops. Yes, yeah, yes. The whole shebang. Yeah. The whole two-hand yeah. chest shot. The granny. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, no, this is the granny. Yeah. The underhand is the granny. Worked for Rick Barry for a number hey, of years. Whatever worked. Whatever gets the ball in the hole. That's what I always say. Played by that motto. <laughs> Several times in my life. That's a life rule right there. <laughs> <laughs> And some of these teams, we're going to see some unconventional. Yeah, like, that, that ranks stuff. right up there with the golden rule. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it, that's how important that is. It's, it's true. It's I, don't, I don't want. I don't want to get overlooked or or, or downplayed. The importance of getting into the hole is a big deal. For get her done. Speaking of getting her done, get her done. If you have been invited already to join the Swoops World T Bones Timeout March Madness I was so bracket extravaganza, and you have not yet filled out a bracket, 
Time is running out. Time is running out. You have until 12.15 p.m. Eastern, Eastern tomorrow. Time. That's 9.15 a.m. 9.15 yes. in the morning for hours. us Western folks here. So, so Swoop's going to have to wake up early, it sounds like. Uh, you're going to have to stay up late. have to do something. <laughs> if you yeah. haven't had a bracket yet. Do it now. The bracket. now. The link to the uh, March I'm, Madness T-Bones timeout bracket pool is on the Facebook page. Is it looks it like we Twitter got a good number well? already. It's on tw- Twitter right? and Facebook. I think we have 11 like brackets nine? in there right now. Oh, I love like it. That. Okay. Um, but get in there now. If you are listening, click on the Facebook action to find the link. You're gonna um, retw- I want to retweet the... It's going to uh, get retweeted by Mr. Swoop himself retweet. as well. And once you uh, go to the Yahoo page, okay. Now I'm looking at this thing here, sweet. and I'm pretty sure uh, this uh, Ashley person won last year. <laughs> Did she? I think so. Didn't she? I thought Azure won last year. I don't know. You, you got the you got the an A something. One. I think Azure won last year. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, that's okay. true. Yeah. So I was just gonna say we should all band together, hand, make sure you, she didn't win. You were because there's nothing uh, worse than a repeating champion. I, I gave. Right? You passed it on. I did it right okay. this time. Okay, okay. The year before, it may not have been delivered properly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I may have just really liked that prize. <laughs> Fair enough. So. Uh, Peter, you did your bracket already, and you used a very scientific. Method. I went I like totally it. scientific because uh, for the last few years, I you know I went by like what I thought might you know who might win here and there, Thoughts and I dangerous. did you know horribly, and uh, I'm pretty sure I don't think I was last both times, but I was very near last both times, three times. I think it, I think this is our fourth year now, and um, so I decided I opted for an entirely completely scientific approach to this whole thing and for each and every bracket i flipped a coin so you flipped a coin 63 times huh yes <laughs> i did and oddly enough i still ended up with wisconsin winning the whole thing oh wow. which is a, it was a uh, that's impressive yeah because they were a number one seed i know so i was like that must be then obviously i mean hey that must be right obviously that's i mean very, there's no other way to explain it's very that, interesting right? so we'll and see. they have a tough a t- a slightly tougher road than some of the number ones. I think Did they're I, number two. In their yeah, because I didn't pay attention to They've that. They've got so. Arizona as the number two in their region, and I think that's the toughest one-two matchup, I think, that I saw. But, I mean, probably the closest. I don't think I have Arizona advancing, so. Oh, well, then, hey. But then I went with the scientific Clearly, your coin, <laughs> your coin sees something that, that uh, uh, possibly. it's going to get interesting. Possibly. That's cool. Well, um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, this last couple of years we've seen like Google and Bing predicting who's going to win elections and who's going to win the Super Bowl and things like that. You could actually go on bing.com and they'll tell you who the super smart computers think is going to win the tournament and win every game. That's cheating. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but you but using also, a coin is yeah, not. It's not. It's absolutely it's not. Totally not. You know. I mean, really, the yeah, permutations involved. Using the there. coin is more work than I plan on putting. Well, actually, about halfway through, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start picking stuff. But then I was like, no, I set out. So yep. I knew the show was tonight. I was like, I gotta be, you know, I gotta be able to say I flipped the coin every single time, and so I, I, I did. So if you're just tuning in, we're talking about the, the March Madness <laughs> brackets here. And uh, we just finished covering Peter's very involved scientific. <laughs> oh yeah, see, I don't get I, Arizona through. doesn't get out of the first round. Nice. They lose to Texas in the Texas Ooh. Southern. Ooh. 
done. Oh, that's scientific, man. It's a fifteen over a two. It's gonna, it's gonna happen in one of the regions. It is gonna happen. Um, it's become a very entertaining, very controversial deal there. The fifteen over two. It's not quite as much of a slam dunk as the five, the twelve over a five. Because that one, we've seen it happen every year for God knows like a lot. twenty years. Was like it last year or the year before, where three of the four twelves beat the fives? I think it was the year before. That one was, but just yeah. And the one, one, one and year. the one that I picked was the one that didn't work out. <laughs> I was like, I've got to pick a twelve over yeah. a five, and I picked the twelve that did actually lose to the. Five. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I was one of those years. I was dead in the first round. I mean, like it had knocked out just about everybody I had picked, man. <laughs> like, like, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna get it's gonna get real. It'd be getting real. Up in the here. Uh, the the four play-in games because you know we have to have sixty-eight teams instead of sixty-four for whatever reason. Yeah. The play-in games have already happened. Uh, did, I, did Irvine move? Uh, Irvine won the Big West. Yeah. They're in there. They're playing against. <laughs> UCLA moved into UCLA's in there. They're an eleven. The eleven against SMU. Yeah. Uh, Smooth. Uh, Irvine's playing Louisville, and yeah. then under my scientific method, they're definitely going to lose. Louisville is the defending champion, are they not? I believe so. Or from the last year or two, they're good. Rick How far do you think Kentucky? Rick Pitino's a slime ball. I think Kentucky's going to make it to the championship game. Really. Yeah. They haven't lost a game all they have year not. long. They, they have, have and, they, it can, and now they can't lose a game. Cannot. <laughs> Pressure's on them. I think they're going to make it to the championship game. Ooh. You know? Very I think they're a very good team. Very interesting. I think they're going to the final, at least to the final four. But I have them making, I got them, I definitely, I have them making it to the championship game. I haven't done my bracket yet. I definitely got them going to the final four. I'm just trying to figure out how far beyond. But I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't pick them to win because, I mean... Vegas was even like begging people to bet on other people. They were even money with the field. Like Kentucky was, if you bet on Kentucky to win, you're getting your money back, and that's all. They're still even money. They were. They're not even money now. Okay. But they were getting very, very. I mean, the the odds makers were like, please bet on someone. Please. <laughs> please. No, I tell you what, please. they they have. They have played some fucking ball games this season. Uh, oh yeah, and, you know they're trying. And it, they've it's, had a couple of dog fights that they've gotten into, and they've had a couple, including the SEC championship, where it was just, oh hey, we're like a lot better than you. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they they got some guys that are ridiculous. I mean, that's that's a team that nobody wants we to play. Not this team that uh, old Kristen Leitner stepped on a guy's chest. <laughs> I can see that happening. <laughs> it was funny. The story behind that was, it, it, if you watch like the thing, the play before on the other end of the court, Leitner gets shoved. Like as the shot goes up, so this guy shoves him in the back. He lands in the camera row, and he turns around, and the guy he sees is not the guy that shoved him, but that's the guy he thinks shoved him. <laughs> Test. <laughs> Somebody threw that cup at me. <laughs> so when they go back down the other end of the field, other the court, the guy who he thinks shoves him falls down. <laughs> at which time he decides to give the little, little tap on the chest. A little Indomitian suit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Was Rick Pitino coaching Kentucky back then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
that guy. <laughs> Not a fan, huh? Oh, he's a great basketball coach. But, I mean, he's just like... All right, so now John Calipari is the Kentucky coach. And this guy, he's he's an even bigger slime ball. I mean, <laughs> it's a matter of time before he has to leave Kentucky because they end up on probation. Because he got Memphis on probation. I mean... Oh, he's got a history or something. Oh, yeah. He's got a he's, track record. Right? He's like a Jimmy Johnson type. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, just win. Yeah. At all costs. And he, he says all the right things. I mean, he could be... He could be a TV preacher. Oh! I mean, he's got the southern twang. He's got the hair nicely coiffed. You know, he's got the tie with the perfect knot. He says all the right things. He looks the part. I mean, but you know, he, might, he could be in a revival tent just as easily as he could be in a basketball arena. And I don't think he would skip a beat, but I don't think I want to believe a word he says either way. Either way. I mean, he just oozes... Slime ball, like great basketball coach, but when you're playing with a possibly tainted field, I guess hey, whatever. Much like the uh, the, uh, the little like Tarkanian World, back little, in the World Series. Oh yeah, hey, my guys are fourteen. I swear. Oh wait, twelve. They're twelve. Yeah, that's the number I meant and to say. And they live in this uh, zip code right yeah. here. Yeah. Definitely, they only live in these boundaries and nowhere beyond them. What are the boundaries again? Yeah. Didn't we just make them bigger? Yeah. Are you saying Tark was a little slimy there? Huh? You call it? I'm not there. saying anything yeah, that hasn't been said before by the NCAA Committee on Infractions. One of the funniest things I heard about... Uh, I think it was, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was Tarkanian. It was Tarkanian. Ah, if I'm wrong, throw yeah, it out. But basically, I'm pretty sure it was Tarkanian. Uh, they were talking about uh, some, yeah, it definitely was. They were talking about some rules things. Uh, they were at a meeting in, in uh, where, wherever they were. And uh, there was some, some rules changes and this, that, and the other in, in the uh, NCAA. And I forgot who was telling the story, but he basically said that I'm not going to go all in on Tarkanian, but it's one of those coaches. And we could just do it Bill yeah. Handel style and have a big, long disclaimer at the end where we name specifically everyone we may have <laughs> yeah, yeah, slandered. But basically, he said, uh, he said uh, I can't believe you, one of the guys says, I can't believe you voted for that rule. <laughs> he said, I can't believe most of these guys are actually going to abide by it. <laughs> Suckers! <laughs> yeah, so I have no intentions of abide by it, but it, it'll actually help our program because the rest of them will. I would not go all in on Tark. That's you know? okay. It's one of those ones. There that have been enough been basketball <laughs> coaches uh, that have done things. That may have been slightly, slightly uh, hope for, hoping for more malleable rules interpretations. Let's put it that way, uh, including. I will go ninety percent in on that. The uh, the head coach of Syracuse, Jim Beheim. Oh, Beheim! He has just landed the school on probation for <laughs> yes, five <indeed>. years. <laughs> had to vacate a hundred and six or so of his. Of his career victories at Syracuse. What's a stupid? I mean, oh, it's really stupid. Vacating wins and all that kind of crap. 
Come yeah, on. it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Um, but the school lost like nine scholarships, which in basketball is is a team. It's like a whole season. More than half your team, I think, <laughs> like scholarship wise. Uh, no, they lost ten or ten or twelve scholarships. They had to forfeit the remain the next nine ACC games and a postseason ban for a year. And it's like, dude. And he just announced. Oh, I'm retiring in three oh, years. Of course. In three years, I'm retiring. It's like, shouldn't they have fired your ass? The AD, the AD they say he stepped down voluntarily to take another post in the university. It's like, it's like, really, you're canning this guy. Right. And you're letting the coach, who basically orchestrated this whole scheme, <laughs> stick around and leave on his own terms three years from now? That's crazy. It's, Three years. That's crazy. It's like pretty next funny. year, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we finish. I'll finish out the season, maybe. But three yeah, years. They're, they're basically letting this guy continue to set the table recruiting wise for whoever takes over for him. And it's it's just one of those other fun corruption in sports things, you know? Hey. Yep. It's a fun fun little carousel that we ride. Uh, so Peter has Wisconsin winning based on the. The laws of method. gravity and <laughs> probability and whatever all else played into it there. Swoop says he thinks he's going to have Kentucky at least to the championship game. I think that's what he said. I got Kentucky losing to Notre Dame. Ooh, Notre Dame's hot. I think I almost put them to beat Kentucky. I have them playing Kentucky and losing. That's what I have too. Which, okay, now I did that scientifically. Mm-hmm. So that there must be something there, right? Yeah, there's got to be something there because um, <laughs> you know Notre Dame beat Duke and North Carolina and I believe NC State. I got NC State playing in the Final Four as well. Again, flipping the coin, man. Wolfpack. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, I have... And I got Georgetown and Wisconsin. I, I'm amazed at how many high-ranking teams, right? Because none... Like it's my like final, your coin knew something that the rest of us... Although, uh, North Carolina State is ranked 8th, so that's not very high. No. But North Carolina's uh, a third seed, Wisconsin's a 1, and Georgetown's my other uh, Final Four, and it's a 4, a four seed. So, that coin... It's a magic coin. I'm going to have to save that coin, obviously. No 16s made it through. Interesting. Nope. Um, Nope. I've got, and I'm just (laughs) going to give you guys one little tip off, because I don't, you know, I don't don't sign up for this thing every year hoping to win, because I don't get to keep the prize anyway, unless I accidentally forget to deliver it. (laughs) So, uh, you do have a track record. I <laughs> deservedly so, um, but I went out on a little bit of a limb here, and I've got Iowa State, who's a three seed, I believe, taking it to the house. Nice, Iowa State. It's Farmageddon. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Cyclones going to town. Okay, that's for all my that's for all my Midwestern cousins out there. No, no, wait. Scientific method says that those guys aren't going to get out of the first round. So <laughs> 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 you take three. that to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> the, who's, I don't even know who UAB is. Alabama, Birmingham, okay. I believe. I'm like... I'm yeah, there's like, a few interesting ones in there. you got UNI, which is University of Northern Iowa. Okay. They were actually ranked like... Actually, no, I, that one I, I wasn't... They were totally ranked like, highly, like right. fourth or fifth in the country until I sort of a few recognize weeks that ago. One. And they lost a couple games down the stretch in the, the Missouri Valley. There was another one in here, though, 
uh, some initial stuff. I was like, I don't know, who's that? Uh, well, Robert Morris, not initials, but I'm like, I don't know, Robert Morris? And they didn't even get a whole line at first because they were one of the play-in games. So oh. it was Robert Morris slash whoever they played. Oh, oh okay. And then there's Davidson playing Iowa. Oh, did Davidson beat uh, Boise? They came back and beat him? So. I don't know who they, who they, who are they? Where are they from? Which country are they in? I don't know. <laughs> who knows? Uh, oh, that was Dayton that was playing Boise. There was another one. There was one more. I was like, who? I don't even know who that is. Hampton. Who's Hampton? Playing Kentucky in the first round. Who the heck is Hampton? I don't know. That's what we're asking you, man. You I don't know. Sports expert. Sports expertise. It only goes so far, apparently. <laughs> Much like my I mean, hypocrisy. The point is, I think they're letting in a bunch of teams that maybe aren't quite up to snuff. I well, hey, but we've seen teams like Belmont and VCU and Florida Gulf Coast and Butler over the years. Butler, Butler yeah. Made Wasn't, and Xavier, right? Runs. Wasn't Xavier one of those like, no names for a long time? And Not Xavier. Is it Xavier? I think it's Xavier. Like One of those teams is like, there was a nobody, and they... Did really well for two or three. Uh, yeah, weird things happen for a couple of years every know. now and then. Butler, I think, made it to the championship game two years in a row. That's right. And then their coach got hired away to the Celtics, and hmm. it's just been kind of. Butler's in the tournament again as like an eight seed this year, I think. Yeah, they're playing. Oh no, they're a six. I don't know. My computer's not cooperating any more than it ever does, but. <sighs> The great thing is, if you have to go sit at a desk tomorrow, <laughs> at least you can have a little window in the corner of your computer screen to watch basketball on. These games are all available online now. It's fantastic. And I don't know if they still have the little boss button where you click a little button and all of a sudden some, some BS spreadsheet pops up and covers your whole screen and it looks like you're working if someone comes up over your shoulder. But that was a great, great thing like eight years ago. Like, oh, my boss is coming. Click. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just working out the spreadsheets right here. Yes. I'm God, not playing was, solitaire, I swear. so cool. <laughs> that so porn. cool. Yeah, there's no porn on this network. <laughs> it really isn't where I work. I can't even look at Peter stumble upon it. won't let you. They have ways of blocking that stuff out. It's terrible. It's keywords, phase man. To all about make key, your... All about keywords. So, yeah, basketball is going to dominate the conversation for the next two and a half weeks. Uh, we've got 63 games between tomorrow and the end of this melee. And, hell, we've got an undefeated team. We've got teams that are below 500, I think, who snuck in everything in between. And somebody who shouldn't lose is going to, and somebody who shouldn't win is going to. And it's going to get crazy. And if you had the right coin, you might be a big winner here <laughs> on Swoops World. Not like a redneck. I invited several of the people who've already filled out their brackets, and I can tell you that might be is... Uh, <laughs> that ship has sailed. Yeah. So... Dirt roads kicking up dirt. <laughs> <laughs> By the time basketball, college basketball finishes up, we'll be right 
about opening day for Major League Baseball. Yeah. MLB coming to town. March Madness blows right into April nowadays. Uh, but baseball starts a few days late this year, too. Baseball starts on Easter Sunday, I think. Or the day before. I think officially it's... Somebody's got like the game, a game on the Saturday, I think. Yeah. Well, I think most I think most guys most teams start the Monday after. Yeah, most, every, most people most. have Monday. But I think the 6th. officially somebody and it's not Cincinnati it. that has the opener this year. It's yeah, somebody else. Like I think it's San Francisco and somebody because they're the defending campions. Ugh. What what I like is that uh this year <clears throat> excuse me, uh uh opening week Coincides with my kids break. being spring breaks. Oh, yeah. And so we're going to game two. You got to go to the opening day, man. You got to go to the, it, the business and special. I, That's a fun game. I could get to the game. It's usually about the Giants. But my wife couldn't. Ah. So, and it, we're doing it as a family deal. So, uh, this year is against the Padres. So, uh, really? That's usually, a, that's usually a giant series. It often is, yeah. yeah. This year it's the Padres, and we're going to, uh, it's a Tuesday. And it's an evening game, like starts at seven or seven thirty, whatever it is, and um, and like I said, it works out because it, it's it's it can be out late. We'll get there early. We'll do the whole we'll do the whole way, and that, it should be fun. So I like that. That's kind of nice. I I know it doesn't always work out with the calendar. So uh, it worked out. It worked going, out this year. Yeah, I was originally going to. My yeah. thought was, is the kids are off. Let's go to opening day. I was even willing to spill. You know, spend some extra bucks to do that, and it turns out my wife's got some event going on, so it can't happen. So we're Tell going to cancel our event, man. Yeah. Come on. Well, the courts don't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> the judge is not going to go for that. <laughs> Did you tell him it was opening day? Yeah. Hey, have some judges there. Uh, extension. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, that's I'm looking forward to that. That should be fun. Yeah, and against the Padres is always fun because. The Padres. I, I, yeah, it'll Kemp's, be a different. It'll be a different look. Yeah, this season. Matt Kemp's gotta, gonna be down there. We need to roll. We need to roll. We've never done. Uh, we never rolled as a as a as a unit here, man. We need to roll a, a gamer, or even maybe down at a Petco or something. Doyers, Doyers, Padres. Yeah, Petco. One, one, one of the two. I'm down. If we go to Petco. We can make a whole. You get the whole brewery thing down. Can, oh yeah. yeah. Can knock out that sounds like a four day event. though. <laughs> <laughs> Take See, the week off. Go big or go home. <laughs> Might have to call the work back and tell them I'm not going to be in for a while. As long as your prints don't show up. <laughs> right. But last trip I made down there, I did not get behind the wheel of a vehicle the entire time. Did so. you Uber it or you had a, D, a We D, had a couple, of, a couple of designated drivers. We had a couple of pregos. Oh, okay. Um, That's yeah, one of them had was as like long as they're not yours. So that's what I was gonna yeah. say. <laughs> one of them was like seven months pregnant with twins, dude. I thought she was just gonna pop at any moment. I mean, they were out to fucking here. Like they were well-bred twins too. Like they're supposed to sit in there and bake a while longer. They weren't looking like it, man. You could like see handprints on the walls. It's like that's the haunted just, mansion. The yeah. grave you exactly. go by. They're trying to bust out. Oh my god. Let us yeah. out of here. So we had that. We had a driver there, and then we had a few Ubers that we cruised around in. Um, no drunk driving on that trip by any of our folks. It was good. Good. You know, it's like we're growing up or something. Yeah, there you go. So Yeah, dude. Baseball's coming in hot. Uh, I will be more than ready for it by the time basketball's over with. Uh, we've had about all we have to say about the NFL free agency stuff. 
kind of more out. Some guys quit. Some guys made money that they probably shouldn't. Some guys made Who's less money than they should. Who's going to make a ton of money in Miami? I don't think teal's his color, though. It's not. Although neither was that weird uh, weird shade of blue that the line. Yeah, it fit him. So. It fit him, though. Yeah. We'll see. I think Miami isn't really his style, either. No. But they're still coming off that old... Uh, what was those two guys that didn't get along? Oh, incognito. Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be the new kindler, gentler Miami Dolphins. And you bring in a Dolphin I don't too. think that this fits with that new plan. <laughs> Although I hear he's been nothing but good to his teammates. It's just that, you know, if you don't wear the same colors yeah. as him, you're yeah. in a world of shit. Guy's a beast, man. I was yeah. so I was so happy. Like the day before, they said he had a meeting with the Raiders, and the next day he said he signed with the Fitz. Ah, <laughs> you knew he had to talk yeah. to the Raiders. Yeah, I didn't even think he even and the problem up. is the Raiders have had all this money to spend, and people are just saying no to him. Yeah, they haven't spent. They haven't. They haven't made. They haven't made any good moves. No, they've been. They've. It's not for lack of effort. They've been throwing the checkbook out there, saying, "Hey, we will give you as much as they will." Which really, people look at which him and really say, shows you how how, how pathetic, far the brand has fallen. How pathetic yeah. Yeah. The, the the sun is because people knew Al was a whack job, but they'd still show up. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd still show well, up. Well, he he did prove he had some magic. I mean, he did. I mean, the guy he was nuts. before he went he senile. Crazy. Before he went completely senile. He before he turned work. Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he, he, he knew how to win. He knew how to win. And. There's just there's the brand is broken right now. Yeah, and something's got to happen to fix it before teams are going to want to go. Pe- players are going to want to go. This is a viable team because. Mm-hmm. But it was always it was always that place where if you were the if you were an evil dude or, you know, if you're you're like at the, the, the tail end of your career, you could still go there and have a shot at the Super Bowl. You know, it was it was, it was that way. I mean, look at guys. They won the Super Bowl. Plunk it was like ninety seven years old. <laughs> George Blanda. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean you know, yeah. these guys were, you could take guys, you know, guys nobody won or the guys were too old and still go there and, and come out with a ring or at least a good run at it. And uh, yeah, it's been a long time, especially long for time. guys like us or guys like me. And I know you are too, a Raider fan. It's, I'm hanging in there, man. But. Yeah, you know, I'm still relishing that Chargers AFL championship back in sixty <laughs> one or whatever. You know. We haven't been we haven't been the same since the Tuck, man. That's true. <laughs> That's absolutely true. But I mean a few uh, severe organizational blunders oh, yeah. have yeah. obviously contributed. contributed. I, I you know that what that I've could done. be uh, that could definitely be seen as a, a serious turning point yes. in the fortunes of the franchise, but there's a lot of self-inflicted wounds there. Oh, without a doubt. You know what I Telling I, John Gruden, we don't want you anymore. Yeah, we're gonna how do you get rid of Chucky? Oh, my God, he was a... Telling, telling Bill Callahan, here, we want you. And, and well, I don't think any team... At best, he's been, what, a, a coordinator since then? At best? I don't think he... He's a coordinator he's somewhere. He's a full-blown coordinator. He's been the running game coordinator. Yeah, he's a coordinator. He's, yeah, he's I'm on those lines. Line coach, I think. Now, he announcing was the, the world, announcing the world that you're going to build a stadium with the Chargers isn't going to help your image, right? I mean, here, here's your 
mortal enemy. That's actually, the kind of, yeah, that's actually, the kind of shit that the Raiders. Move. Actually, that's a good move. No, but that's the it's kind of not. shit that the old Raiders never would never 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 would have done. But Al it, Davis it's held, a good, it's a good he held move right now. hostage. He yeah. held him over the barrel and pounded him without Vaseline. Yeah, but he never said, "I'm going to do this with my with, with my, my mortal enemy, rival. my division yeah. rivals." I mean, maybe the Rams, maybe you know, maybe that, that maybe that works. That could works. But anybody within least... your own division, let alone the Chargers, no way. It's, no it's, way. That doesn't help. It doesn't help. It's, the, it's, it's it doesn't a, help the brand. Is what good, I'm saying. It's a good business move. No, I agree. It's a good business move, but, but see, it doesn't help it, your it still, brand. It still doesn't rise. At, it still doesn't at rise to Al's Irwindale business no. move. No. <laughs> Wait a second. If I say I might look at the place, you're going to pay me a million dollars. Yes. Write the check. There's a million. Yeah, I looked at it. See you later. <laughs> GFY. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, man. But, uh, so, yeah. The, you're right. We, he's offensive line coach for the Redskins. Oh, for the Redskins For the now. Redskins, yeah. Cowboys and I will call him the Redskins. Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will until... I will. Hell. Period. Until I... I still call. I still call the baseball team the Senators. So, <laughs> you mean the Texas Rangers? <laughs> ah. um, college football spring practices are going on in a lot of colleges around the country now. Uh, we are going to have some of those glorified practice slash scrimmages that we call spring games popping up on ESPNU and the SEC network and the Longhorn network and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 networks. Uh, if you are really desperate for college football, you might be able to enjoy that for a little bit. Um, there's always some weird shenanigans and hijinks at those things, so at least there's that. If you like minor league baseball and college football, then a spring game might be something you could enjoy. Uh, but otherwise... Oh, wait a minute. get much meaningful. After, after the Raiders, he, was a, uh, he went to Nebraska for a while. And then he was assistant head coach for the Jets. J-E-T-S. Offensive line coach for the Cowboys. And now he's offensive line coach for the Redskins. Assistant head coach. What does that mean? It means... It still means it's like you're... Vice, it's like vice president. You're still an assistant <laughs> coach, right? Yeah. yeah. It means I need you for the... I need you to turn to... During the election, run. I need you to never be in the same room as me <laughs> once you, you get hired. I need you to do an election run, and then I had nothing to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> go, go score me your state. Yeah, you're supposed to actually even out the base, and then yeah. we'll, we'll move it on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, what the heck else was I going to talk about? I don't know, man. It really doesn't matter at this point. We got a lot of crazy things going on in the world of sports. Thankfully, few of them involve lawyers at this particular moment, unless you happen to play for the Ravens. So, I still I stand by my statement, man. I, I just think it's no. Uh, I I'm with you, man, on that. Like they shouldn't. But Aaron Hernandez, where do you draw the line? What offense is serious enough that if you're accused of it, you should get canned on the spot? Murder. All right. I think if you're accused of murder, even then, I think you should be suspended. But they shouldn't they, tear up your contract and piss on it. Until they charge you, man. Once they charge you. Because the Patriots tore his contract up on the spot. Yeah. 
An hour after he was charged, they were like, all right. Listen, listen. Flop. Here's the thing. Piss. Here's here's my real thing, because, uh, like I said the other day, you know, like, you know, it's like flipping, like Vegas. You know, the the, the owners and the the team, they hold all the cards. And I understand there's there's conduct, you know, clauses and things and things like that. But sometimes guys get in trouble for for crap, and uh, once the investigation comes out and goes through... Realize that hey, they really weren't at fault, or no. there's not enough evidence to prosecute. Yeah. Now, if you want to do your own investigation and say, yeah, legally there's not enough evidence to prosecute you, but we have enough evidence to fire you, I'm, I got no problem with that. I just think there needs to be some kind of due process. And when you when you, when a guy gets arrested on Monday and you fire him on Tuesday, there's been no due process. Yeah. Now, yeah, when you start talking about murder or something like that. Yeah, I think okay. Yeah, because because if they're gonna arrest you for murder, yeah, they pretty much got. Like, I mean, you might beat it. If I'm weaving down the road, I might get pulled over because I might be drunk. Right. If they have arrested me for for murder, they're pretty sure sure. that I. Pretty damn sure. If if I didn't do it, I probably know who did. You know that sort of thing. So and you know, don't get all high and mighty because we got guys who are involved in deaths. That are in the Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. Right? So don't even... Don't right, even. right. <laughs> and there are guys who are involved in deaths before they went in the Hall of Fame, and now they're announcers on TV. Now, they might not have been involved in the actual death, but they apparently may have, you know, kind of got involved, and, you know, kind of trying to steer the investigation one way or the other, or not cooperating, you know, whatever. But they kept them on the team, and they played a number of years after that, so... Whatever, but I think when you fire a guy day two, you there's been no due process. If you want to suspend the guy, I got no problem with that. Suspend him. Suspend him till all we do our investigation. Till we know what yeah. whether you are guilty or not. Right. And you know, I don't know how well, uh, you know, character and those kind of clauses hold up in court in employment contracts. I know that the employers routinely put things into employee agreements. That don't mean shit in a court of law. Well, I, I look. Like, I, I work for like I work for an organization. People where put non-compete type things in in their contracts all the time, and in most states, non-compete stuff is total horse crap. Like, you can you can quit or get fired, and the very next day you can be working for a direct competitor, and it doesn't matter what you sign. Right. That's just it doesn't. It's not valid. The, the, I get that, but I work I work for an organization where they had what they call conduct unbecoming, mm-hmm. and if you if you if your conduct was so bad that it, it shined a bad light on, this, on, this, on the organization, they could fire you. But that being said, you had due process, all right? They they couldn't fire you like you you had bad conduct yesterday. We fire you tomorrow. No, they had to do their investigation. That you had to go through a bunch of stuff before they could fire you. And I think that's just the way it should be, uh, you know, because a lot, like, oh, these guys, like, like with the num- I forgot, I think I might have closed it out, but the thing I, uh, I think I still have it. Since Ray Rice, one, two, okay, Deontay Thompson was arrested for uh, felony possession of marijuana. Charges dropped. John Good. Reed, Ja Reed was arrested for misdemeanor battery. He uh, agreed to a pre-trial diversion program, which is basically slapping a wrist, all right? Lorenzo Talaferro. I've been through one of those. Misdemeanor destruction of property, disorderly contest, disorderly conduct, case dismissed. 
Jimmy Smith, misdemeanor disorderly conduct, case dismissed. Terrence Cody, aggravated animal cruelty, he was indicted. Uh, you know, the trial hasn't gone on yet, but he's indicted. Aggravated animal cruelty. So, yeah, that, that's, falls, that's, that falls under the, uh, the what uh, they do? what's his name's rule? Either uh, dog fighting or you're fucking animals. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah, one or the other. <laughs> Victor Hampton, driving while impaired to, to be determined. Bernard Pierce, driving under influence to be determined. Okay, so, but uh, they were all fired, like, by the Ravens, their contracts were eliminated, you know, almost immediately. And my point is, um, give them their due process. These guys, you talk about traumatic brain injury, you talk about all this other stuff. These guys have done out, they've gone out there. This is P, this is just PR. It mm-hmm. is PR. Yes, yeah. completely. You're 100% PR. right. And, You're 100% see, right. And, and AD's like, well, uh, uh, more to it, this and the other. Even if they said, you get in trouble again, it's your last chance, we're going to let you go. You still gotta do. Your, you still gotta do okay, your now, diligence. Now, maybe we don't know. Maybe we don't know. Maybe these guys have had like six or seven things, and this is the final straw. But pretty much most of what you read was was small potatoes. I mean, there's a couple of things there that yeah. might be bigger, but most of what you read is small potatoes that anybody. Yeah, I mean. I mean you walk into any... Wrong place, wrong time, slash, you got drunk and did something stupid. Right. And now you're getting, now you're getting cut for, for that? You know, again, now if you've got a track record, and maybe these guys do, but then that's a bigger problem. If, if every one of these guys has a track record, that's a bigger... Your draft picks are pretty bad. Or, or the NFL's got a whole bigger, bigger oh, problem that we don't know about. Do. Right. Um, so, but here's the that doesn't since make when, that doesn't since, jive. Since this is this is them controlling PR, trying to say we're tough on crime. We're yeah. tough. And, and on... anybody who buys this is a fucking moron. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about Baltimore. <laughs> we're talking about the Ravens, right? I'm just saying. Because <laughs> if you think that the NFL is this benevolent organization that wants their players to live long, happy, healthy lives, you're full of shit, and that wants their players to be outstanding naive. role model. Upstanding members of society, you're a fucking moron. Like, I'm sorry. It's 100% just, agree. There's no... The NFL wants your money. That's all they fucking care about, is your money. It's a billion dollars. That's why I don't have direct TV. It's a billion dollars. And if you think the NFL gives a crap about upstanding citizens... You know what? If they were if they were only interested in upstanding citizens, then they would take that into account when they make draft picks. Yeah, it's a bunch of And then Aaron Rodgers would have never Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez would have never never been in the NFL NFL. because he was already he already had at least two connections. Tim Tebow rescued his ass to previous uh, murders, and so like if that's if that's your standard, if you're in any sort of trouble or connected to, we're not going to touch you. But They're don't not, buy not. those counterfeit jerseys off of Amazon and right. eBay. You may be supporting a criminal enterprise. Roger Goodell, yeah, fuck blow you. Me. Some criminal enterprise that our players might be running or organizing or supporting. I, I knew guys who played college football who, you know, you're not allowed to have a job in college football that makes more than $2,000 a year if you're a scholarship athlete. And I knew guys that went into thrift stores, bought or sometimes didn't buy clothing out of these thrift stores, 
and then put it up on eBay for, you know, 20, 30 bucks a shirt, whatever. Made a killing, either buying or accidentally forgetting to pay for shirts and stuff out of thrift stores and selling them online. Like, people are going to find their shady ways to make money and do what they got to do, and it's just a step on the road. The NFL, I don't know, I... Yeah, I love football. I, I, I love. We, we all agree we love football. I we all played it. We all love it. But they're, they're, they're full of shite. No. They're just, you know, I'm, I'm not some people who thinks that all the corporations are out to screw the little man, even though they probably are. But, <laughs> I mean, shit. Goodell. Ah, damn ginger. Nobody buys me any crap. Freaking gingers. <laughs> <laughs> There you have it. Another edition of T-Bones. Next week on Super Swirl, Todd Mel will be our guest. Todd Mel is a... Uh, nutrition uh, expert as well as he's been doing a lot of cool things with uh, putting uh, uh, gardens into uh, schools and, and whatnot and uh, so kids can eat organic and see how things are grown and you want to learn more about that uh, you want to tune in for that uh, any last words of great wisdom fellas negatory <laughs> big plans for the week um, no I don't think so I don't uh... nope not, not my end. How about you, T-Bone? Going up uh, up the coast this weekend, heading up to Pismo to see the folks. So, should be a good time. Nice. Drink some beers. Eat some dead animals. Pretty good at that. Yeah. Got a lot of practice, sir. Yeah, both of those things. <laughs> I haven't excelled it much over the last decade. Those are two things that I can, I can confidently say I have really... You're absolutely good really at it, right? my own. <laughs> well, until then, dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 